We have a bracket. The postseason is here. It's time for everybody's favorite episode each season here on the Out of the Box podcast. Gray Robertson and Tom Canterbury. Tom, hello. Hello. How are you? Good. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm basking in the glory of maybe the best bracket the, the selection committee has ever put out. It's certainly a different feel to be on the good side of the craziness, isn't it? It's literally never happened. Literally before. never seen yes. it. Right. This is a 2023 NCAA tournament bracket that I have talked about extensively live earlier today as we record for two hours. Uh, there are a lot of questions. We'll discuss what the committee valued and why they valued it and whether that's okay. And of course, we will make predictions and do a lot. This is our usual bracket reaction pod. Yes. I don't know if I have any uh, new phrases or words to come up with here for this bracket, but we'll see as the pod goes along. Yeah, who knows? Who knows what comes in this crazy head? Here's our trip around the bases. We will start at the plate and talk about just the overall bracket, our reaction. Uh, The pictures have been circulating on Twitter. We were very visibly Mm. shocked at times i was happy you were shocked you were stunned you were shooketh i I was all those things but i was just overjoyed well i was (laughs) i was thrilled too yeah you were there you were smiling a lot right i just the initial shock of wow what yeah uh we will also touch a little bit on the sec tournament particularly the after effects i know a lot of people have been asking us questions asking a lot of questions online about the status of montana fouts uh, we don't have very many updates to give, but we'll discuss what it could potentially mean going forward. I just would like to say, if you think that we are <laughs> in the inner loop on those type of things, God bless you and thank you for your trust in us. But uh, yeah, we're, we are not in those discussions. I did not go to Birmingham today. No, no, no. I was not invited. <laughs> we'll look at the Tuscaloosa Regional, a really good Central Arkansas team coming in. You've got Middle Tennessee, a team that we saw last year, and then LIU. That's all when we're at the plate. Then we'll advance the first, look at the left side of the bracket, steal second, look at the right side, and then we'll round third and make our predictions through regionals and supers, put ourselves out there with our eight OKC teams. Wow. I have done three different predict the bracket situations, and I have had multiple changes already. But this is the finalized bracket, the one that we will announce. This is the bracket... Of the sheet of integrity. That's what we're going with. Okay. Uh, And I'm still not sure where I'm going. Okay. Well, good. Yes. Finally, (laughs) we'll head home. We've got FGCL Player of the Week, the final one for the year. And Off the Wall, Tom's Hungry, Fayetteville, and all that jazz. Are you saying that there was some Off the Wall things said this week? There already were. And then Sunday happened. Wow. And then it was like, oh boy. I would just like to reiterate to those of you on the Twitter, I am not on the committee. I would I, like to be sure it'd be fun, right. I think, but yeah, no, we don't have any power. I had no say in anything that happened. Despite the beliefs, we were not in the room. People think that we have a lot more authority and power than we actually do, apparently. <laughs> well, in a lot of ways, whatever floats your boat. Sure. Yeah. All right. Let's start at the plate. The selection show happened. We were sitting in the room. I have my list of how I thought it was going to go. We get through the top four. And I'm like shouting out who it is. People are like, who is it, Gray? Like, I'm I'm mm. on a roll. Things are, like, you're nailing the two and three seats. Oh, yeah. Like, you were going. And weird. I don't even do that. Right, yeah. And we get to number five. Yeah. And it pops up, and it says Alabama, 40 and 18. And I blinked a couple times, 
And then my hands went to my mouth in shock and then fell down a bit, but the face remained in a perfect circle, <laughs> made perhaps even an oval. Yeah. Uh-huh. As the room went absolutely berserk. We have been at a lot of these selection show watch parties. Me more so than you, because you have the family. Sure. But we've seen many of them over the years. Yes. I've never seen a reaction like that. I think a lot of people kind of had the same reaction of shock, but glee. Just very Total joy. Right. We'll talk about how it all, it all came down for Alabama to get the five seed. And if you look at what the committee chairwoman talked about, I understand the metrics and how Alabama got there. I think if... You're not an Alabama fan. You are probably trying to poke holes in, in Alabama being the five seed, and you probably have 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 some legitimate concerns. There are holes there. Yeah. End of the day, you know the fact that you not only played a lot of really good competition outside the SEC, plus inside the SEC as well, uh, but outside the SEC and won several of those games, it made a it made a statement, it made a mark, and that's what the committee decided to look at this year. And it worked out well for Alabama. It rarely does, but it did this time. We have seen strength of schedule be valued. We have seen RPI top 25 wins be valued. I have never seen explicitly the committee talk about RPI top 10 wins, something that I have always had in the packet. You can attest to that. Sure. Yeah. But people would say it's not that important. Well, it turns out it was. Alabama with the six RPI top 10 wins, that's tied for the second most of a nation with UCLA and Baylor. More on that in a minute behind Oklahoma, who has 13, which is obscene. Which is ridiculous, right. (laughs) It's like, let's just remove Oklahoma from the entire conversation. Right. I mean, that's it. Like, we're looking at it. Not only did Alabama schedule the games, but they won them. You know, if Alabama doesn't beat Duke and Florida State, we're not having this conversation. Probably not. And, you know, good on the committee for recognizing winning those games you know earlier on the d1 podcast i provided some examples another great one is minnesota in 2019 who played those games but didn't win them right and still got a top eight seed i am totally cool with that concept with rewarding teams who scheduled tough and won the games who went to different places who went to places like clearwater and like the Mark Campbell Invitational, like some teams that we'll talk about, and like Austin, and won games yeah. there against the toughest competition. I'm a little perturbed at how that wasn't held down the line. Uh, I still don't understand how Baylor didn't get a seat, if that's what the committee was looking at the most, and we'll talk about that later. Uh, also, should that cause the committee to completely ignore everything else about the profile? I kind of think that sets a little bit of a dangerous precedent. Right. But at the end of the day, if you're Alabama, you are thrilled because you have been given something by the selection committee uh, because of the work that you did during the season. We don't have to pack a suitcase for two weeks. Right, and yeah. I couldn't be more excited about that. Very, very pleased and happy about the whole situation. The committee, the, the issue that you have now with the committee is that one, there seems to be certain metrics that they look at that that mean more than than other metrics do. The problem is you don't know what those metrics are when the season starts. Right. Uh, so it's hard to figure out what 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 you want what the committee wants you to do to start off with. And then you know you know like you said not applying the same standard to every team certainly an issue. And at the same time, yeah, you have all these great metrics, but you know if if you're like Baylor and you have some bad losses toward the end of the year. You know, since it is a committee, it's not just 100% solely metrics. You you have a committee that is using their eyes 
they'll say, well, you know, yeah, they did beat Baylor. I mean, they did beat Oklahoma back in February. And they did sweep Texas. And they did sweep Texas, but they also got swept by Oklahoma when they had the, another chance later on in this in the schedule. So does that eliminate the one win that you had when Oklahoma pretty much handled them the other three games they played? You know, the same kind of thing with Oklahoma State. They had really good metrics, but just absolutely scuffling at the end of the year. Some really poor losses and, and poor performances. That does have to take something into consideration. Uh, but like you said, it doesn't, it's just not been evenly applied to every team. Uh, and, you know, when you're seeding 16, when you're putting 64 teams, it's, I think it's almost impossible to put everything in there 100% evenly, but a little bit more consistency, uh, I would certainly be in favor of. Yeah, I mean, I think Oklahoma State, to me, is the one team in the top eight that I can't numerically rationalize. I mean, I don't think a lot of people are talking enough about Washington being the seven. That was a team that I don't know if anybody had in the top eight. Maybe one or two people had them at eight. But being the seven, why they had four RPI top ten wins. Top ten right. wins, again, very critical for top eights. It, but here, here's the question I have about that. With the RP, Okay, so we're using RPI top ten as a metric, but we're not using the RPI, period. Like right. the, the, we were the not actual, seeding at all based on the RPI, which I, which again, I am perfectly fine with. I think it's a flawed metric. I don't, I don't like the RPI, which is why basketball went to the net to get away from the RPI. Right. So we're not using the RPI for the teams themselves, but we're basing what is a good win based on the RPI. That is also an issue. If we're not going to use the RPI to help seed, which again, I'm fine with, we need to find a new metric to decide what a good win is. Totally agree. And again, that, that kind of takes me back to Oklahoma State, who did not have that many RPI top 10 wins. Two, Oregon had more, Texas had more, Utah had more, yeah, uh, Baylor had more. A lot of teams had equal or more. Uh, RPI top 25 wins, they had 10. Okay, that's solid, but nothing crazy. LSU also had 10. Uh, RPI top 50 wins, they had 20. Okay, uh, Northwestern had more. LSU had more. It was interesting watching Oklahoma State be seeded. I, I feel like people should be a little bit angrier about that because it, it just proves the point that I've been making and that we've been making for a couple years now that the committee tells us that last 10 matters and it doesn't if it's a bad last 10. If it's a good last 10, you will get rewarded, right. i.e. Utah. But if and, it's usually, a, and usually that last 10 involves probably making a, if it's a good one, making a run in your conference tournament. Right, exactly. Bad last 10, we got years of examples of that not really affecting seeding. Right. Uh, Oklahoma State, I still had them in the top eight in the final bracketology because I figured that would be the case, and they were still higher than I slotted them. I think Oklahoma State seeding is as confounding as anything else on here because I can't find a specific statistical reason to back it up. It was also interesting to hear that they actually did value some head-to-head, -head, mm -hmm. uh, which – I think they should. If, you know, if two teams played on the field, then we have a we have a direct result. We we know what would happen. That's right. Uh, so I'm glad that is being being factored in. Uh, and then in another way, I'm also I'm glad that it wasn't factored in as much for a quote unquote bad loss for some of the the upper tier teams like in Alabama. You know, they have they had a loss to Wisconsin, a loss to. Kennesaw. Kennesaw State to Lehigh, those type of losses. But does that having a bad one, some of those bad losses, does that negate 
the really good wins you had, and it obviously didn't for Alabama. Uh, some of the other teams, it was mentioned they had bad losses. Well, should we just, just you know really hammer a team, say like Northwestern lost to Toledo? Should we really hammer that team for that one loss when you were probably pitching your third or fourth pitcher that that mid-major is pitching their number one and it's, it's the World Series to them and it's your getaway Sunday and you're just trying to get out of town. Right. You know, those games, while I'm not saying they're not important, I don't think they should be given the credence that they are and the weight that they are in some instances. Yeah, I, I just feel like overall the way that this bracket was formulated sets, like I said earlier, a dangerous precedent about what specifically is valued when yet again, I'm confused why it's just not everything. And the committee chairwoman, Kelly Gatwood said in an interview with Justin McLeod that they kept looking at overall body of work. And I really can't find that in here. I I can find specific things that led to teams being where they are. I guess the only overall body of work to me is Tennessee being number four because of how bad their non-conference strength of schedule was. That could have been something that the committee couldn't could have nitpicked. I think they're properly seated right now. Right. But I really don't see an overall body of work emphasis on most of these seated teams. I see specific things that they use to put people ahead of other people. And I don't think that's the way it should be. Yeah. It, it should be overall body of work and then specific metrics to be basically tiebreakers. Right. But that there there are certain areas where like like for for example when you're taking a look at non-conference strength of schedule, mm-hmm. which I know has always been a really big big marker. But that also kind of insinuates that what you do in February is more important than what you do in April, which shouldn't be the case. Right. Yeah, I one of the reasons why you know that Montana what we've seen from her in the past month has been so dang spectacular is because she's doing it against teams that have been seeing her for five years Mm -hmm. and she's somehow better than she was five years ago. That's not the case. You know, when when you play somebody in February, that may be the only time that these two, that those two teams ever play, you know, Montana hadn't played UCLA since the perfect game before they played in, in Clearwater. I don't, that's not a true, evaluation of what a team is to say, well, they did this in February. One that the Alabama team that we're watching right now is so different than the team that played in February that got some really good wins. It worked in Alabama's favor. Right. But it shouldn't matter more than what they've done, you know, this past month, which has been really good stuff. But, you know, that's it it, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to evaluate and wait more non-conference strength of schedule when you're playing in one of, if not the best conference in America. It also, I think, specifically with non-conference strength of schedule, assumes a, a bit of control that you have that you necessarily don't. I think of a road trip to Texas. The reason that that series was so good was not only because you played Texas, but also because you played Texas State, who's a tournament team, and a Wisconsin team that, if not for a loss to St. Thomas a month ago, probably would have been on the bubble. Alabama didn't schedule Texas State and Wisconsin no. to come to Austin. That was Texas. Exactly. You know, Clearwater, you go there, you sign up, and you can send a list of who you would want to play. Mm-hmm. Who would you like to see on the schedule? But you don't make that. But you're, yeah. The, you're the tournament directors and ESPN make that. Yeah. So there are a lot of things that are out of your control, even when you do try right. and schedule difficult games. Yeah. I mean, there's, I'm, I bet if you, if we had Karen Weekly here right now, she would say, I wanted to schedule much more difficult than I did 
it didn't work out. You know, just, you know, and lucky for them, they went to that USF tournament and Clemson just happened to be there. Otherwise, right. that metric could have been even worse. Way worse. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there are certain things that you're in control of, but even you don't control what your conference schedule is. Mm-hmm. You know, when you are in the SEC, there are four teams that you don't play. And you, it's just who, who, how it lands in the rotation on when and where you play them. So I, I think the you control your conference schedule or, or don't control your conference schedule um, is a little bit overstated as well. I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff that, that, you know, Alabama, the fact that they didn't play Florida might have actually hurt Florida more than it hurt Alabama. Right. Florida would have probably liked to have been able to play Alabama at some point, if nothing else, just to help the strength of schedule. Yeah, swipe a game, and then yeah. you never know what happens. Maybe Florida's at 16. Right. So it's I, – I, I think sometimes – the strength of schedule metric is not extremely fair. One, because you don't necessarily know what the team is going to be when you do schedule them. Say you do have 100% control over it and you bring in somebody. Say, you know, this year, if you were Alabama and you're trying to fill out the, the Bama Bash card and you could have gotten Arizona State to come in. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a huge get. We're gonna, this is a huge team, a huge name. They were in regionals here in Tuscaloosa just a couple of years ago, but it's the worst Arizona State team that we've had in two decades. <laughs> they didn't know that before the right. season started. Arkansas scheduling Arizona for a home series oh, probably thought, oh yeah, absolutely. you know, rematch of Supers from huge. a few years ago, and it turned out to be their worst loss of a season. <laughs> it's amazing. It's a complex situation because from our bias standpoint, from the Alabama standpoint, I couldn't be happier with where Alabama is. Absolutely. Uh, I'm thrilled for the team. I'm thrilled for what it could mean going forward. I think it also is part of the reason why I have such a big problem with this bracket because it's a textbook example of doing exactly what we're talking about, focusing on one thing and not the whole picture. I Now, also, part of it is as somebody predicting these things going forward, next year I'm going to look very, very carefully at RPI but not necessarily use it to help seed teams because I was texting Jen Schroeder the night before and I was presenting arguments nice drop. about why, thank you, uh, <laughs> about why I could conceivably based on the body in the team sheet, seed Alabama ahead of LSU and Washington and a couple of other teams. And then I said, the reason I can't do it on this official bracketology is because of RPI. I never wanted Stanford super high. I said that many times, but the RPI scared the death out of me. They were number yeah. three. Right. I think that going forward, we're getting closer to how the tournament should be properly seated, but we're still definitely not there yet. Yeah, we're yeah we're, we're continuing to move in that fashion. I think part of it is going to be a rework of what the RPI is. Mm-hmm. I think hopefully they get some sort of metric similar to what the net is. You know whether we're doing quad one wins or how how we're going to do this. Uh, but that seems to have been a it's a more accurate representation that basketball uses than just the straight up RPI is. So. Uh, some sort of adjusted RPI metric I would like to be able to be seen to be used uh, moving forward. And again, a little bit more uh, transparency on what the committee is actually doing. If there's some way to know before the season starts, what is going to be that starred metric that you got to be able to get? Because uh, it, it's not real fair to these teams when they don't really know what, where the goalpost is. Again, I look at a team like Stanford, who I had as super safe the minute we just started doing bracketology, and they're a nine seed today. Right. And I understand it. 
I can understand it based on the explanation that we were given. You know, when you've got zero top 10 wins and 16 top 50 wins, which is middle of the pack and middle of the pack, seven top 25 wins. Like I get it. They had opportunities to get those wins. For sure. But at the same time, all of us who did this look like idiots. Maybe they did just keep keep us on our toes. Maybe so. I don't know. Is there anything else overall bracket wise? That you wanted to touch on another thing for me is just one interconference potential supers matchup which is good yes uh, i wish it had been literally anything else except ucla utah because we just saw literally that just saw it, right but you know that's again another positive step in the right direction last year there was only going to be one and it was alabama tennessee who had not faced each other in the regular season mm-hmm. so again a good thing yeah i mean that's one of those things that when we would see years where there was possibility of four to five uh, interconference super regional matchups and you're like it would be so easy to not do that all you have to do is move one person one seed line so whether it just happened that way or if they actually did kind of look at it all right if this goes chalk let's try to avoid having sec versus sec big 12 versus big 12 pac 12 versus pac 12 what it looks like if you have a bunch of interconference super regionals is that you're trying to you know artificially spread out the number of conferences represented right um which i think maybe the way that things went last year kind of showed them well we don't need to do that because even if even if, if somehow you know we have these if it goes chalk it's probably not going to go chalk so we'll we it, it'll kind of work itself out if we don't try to ar- artificially do it that, that was my main one i was you know it's that and i i think we have from you know what we talked about last week with uh, with the inner circle guys uh we saw there's a lot of times where the two seed in these regionals not really the geographical you know the connection which is good and hopefully we're even moving toward because i mean we still have things like you know clemson and auburn were in the same regional last year right we, we have places where um louisiana lsu again always in the same region like, somehow texas a&m avoided norman this year but you know, <laughs> only to go to Texas, right? Yes, which I'm sure they're real excited about. Uh, the hope is that we move to true seeding of one through 32 moving forward, because if Alabama is the five seed, Central Arkansas should not be the two seed. Central Arkansas is the second highest RPI team that isn't hosting. The first highest is Louisiana, who's right. going to the 10 seed. Right. So that's that should not be the case because you know we'll talk about it, but that's all the all the people say, well, Alabama has this cakewalk of a, a regional because they're mm-hmm. all mid-majors. Yeah, watch softball is, is what I say to those people. Mm-hmm. Shall we look at the Tuscaloosa Regional? Sure. Okay, the two seed is the aforementioned Sugar Bears of Central Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Middle Tennessee is back. Your Conference USA champions went on a great run in the CUSA tournament. Congrats to the Blue Raiders. And then LIU, the NEC champ, coming to town. The Sharks are swimming to Roads. <laughs> So are they the actual sharks? Is that their nickname? That's what I saw on the website okay. as yeah. I was. Okay. So they used to be the blackbirds, but I think they've they've switched to the sharks. I think so. Okay. So Alabama avoids birds once again. That's all we Thank want. Thank goodness. Yes. We just need to avoid a sun teams. Oh no. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh dear. So you look at Central Arkansas, good team, tied with Oklahoma State, beat Arkansas twice. They've got a really good one-two punch in the circle. Kayla Beaver, Jordan Johnson. Jordan Johnson, of course, a slice from the FGCL. You of course, yes. You hear her later on in the show because of her contributions Ooh. to the Central Arkansas team mm. and their run. Okay. Stay tuned. Mm-hmm. This is a regional that 
Alabama should win, going to be honest, but it's not going to be easy because of how good Central Arkansas is and because, frankly, of the status of Montana Fouts, which is a little bit up in the air. As we teased earlier, we know nothing. <laughs> Let me bring you up to speed. We know nothing. You are now up to speed. Right. Yes. All we know is what Patrick Murphy has told the media and told us privately, which is going to Birmingham today as we record Monday. I know they left super early. Getting a look at uh, from Dr. Lyle Kane, one of the very best. And then we will see and wait for the prognosis. Um, there has been nothing official. All I've heard are good things in terms of just vibes, but we right. have absolutely no idea what that could mean and certainly what that means for this weekend. Right. Yeah. It's because, you know, there, even if she's able to go, there's no guarantee that she'll be 100%. There's right. I mean, you, we, we have no idea what's, what's happening here. I think it's one of those where you, Hope for the best, prepare for the worst, and and just go go with it. If you're Alabama, the fact that the offense has awoken is great. It's a great great timing for that to happen um, because there may be a situation now this week where you kind of have to power your way out of this regional. Yeah, you might have to score five or six runs to win a game. Yeah, and that's okay. Yeah, because we've seen lately that this team can do it. Ashley Prangy, all tournament team in the SEC tourney, just incredible yeah. these last two or three weeks, pretty much since the Auburn injury, she has come back with just this fire and this power that was visible at the early part of the year, but a little inconsistent. Now she is a legitimate threat and somebody that teams are walking for the first time in her career. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> amazing when she said that when she got wa walked by Arkansas intentionally twice, that was the first time in her collegiate career that she had been intentionally walked. Arkansas was perfectly justified in doing it uh, because of what she was doing. and. I mean, the home run that she hit against uh, Tennessee to pull the tide back within one was just was great to see it. And the fact that you have that at the top of the order now, it can just enhance everything from one through nine. Yeah, with Larissa Pruitt doing what she's doing with Jenna Johnson, she's always good to reach base a couple times and mm -hmm. drive in a run if she's given the chance. I mean, I think if you're an Alabama fan, you have as much confidence in the offense right now as you've had this entire year. 100%. So, and, you know, not that Earth, Wind, and Fire, one of those, can't go out there and, and pitch a shutout. They've done it. And, mm -hmm. you know, they've done it in these type of situations. It's good that the offense is hitting in a cylinder, on all cylinders to the point where they don't have to. They can go out there and, you know, if they give up a, you know, a couple runs, it's, it's not in the world. I, I think that the path is good for Alabama if they can continue to build and a big part of it is team chemistry and all the things that we talked about on the air this past weekend, the reaction to being the five beyond the glee after about 45 seconds, it turned into determination. Yeah. And that to me was the biggest positive that I saw throughout the selection show. Yeah. Cause there's not a situation where there's, all right, well now we've made it. It's like now, okay, well now we got to go out and prove that we deserve this. There is, I think there is a part of that, but that, I don't think that should be the main focus. The main focus is, to advance in the NCAA tournament. Right. Um, and the thing is now a lot of the, these players, everyone that was here last year, you know, know what knows what it's like to not advance in the NCAA tournament. Indeed. Uh, so outside of everything else, that's the most important thing. Just go out there, work your tail off. You've done the work to get there, continue to work and, um, you know, just put, put your best foot forward and play not a, I wouldn't say just, a loose brand of softball because you got to be really clean. Don't don't be tight. Go out there and just and just play your game. 
you play your game, you're gonna be fine. I think so too. I'm really excited for this regional. I'm excited to be home. I'm excited for the prospect of being home for two weekends in a row. I literally cannot remember the last time that we did that other than Auburn LSU. Like it was that. And then before that, we've been traveling for literally two months in a row. Right. So I'm just excited and I have to do constant laundry. Yeah. And so, pack and everything. Which is really the most important thing. Right. They, thank you, committee. Right. They, were, <laughs> they were like, are you on the committee? Well, eh. no, not really. But if we had been, that mm. would have been our reasoning. Yes. Not having to pack. <laughs> Protect the equipment by mm. having it at Rhodes. Yes. And not moving it. Behind glass and netting and everything else. Oh, yes. It'll be fine. Obviously, we will have all the games for you on the Crimson Tide Sports Network. I think, I have not seen confirmation, I think every game in the regional is on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, now, obviously, that could switch around because... TV is fluid, mm-hmm. but radio will be free the yes. entire time. And it all starts Friday at 6 p.m. Central Time against the Sharks. Yes, it'll be us and LIU, 5.50 the airtime on the Crimson Tide Sports Network, and we'll uh, have it the rest of the way. Yeah, wherever the journey goes, yes. we will be there cracking Christmas vacation jokes. Because <laughs> that is timely, timely stuff. Yes. The people loved it. What's that on the lawn? Oh, man. Unfortunately, a Kiki Malloy home run. That yeah, that's right. That still, happened minutes later. That is still rolling. <laughs> I, oh. I really hope they caught on, because I haven't watched it back. I really hope they've caught on ESPN the guy walking out of the tent and just watching the ball roll past him into the open tent. You hate that it happened to your right. team. Oh, my gosh. But then a moment of clarity, and you just understand the comedy <laughs> of that situation. Oh my god. It was pretty funny. It was. It's pretty funny. I'm sure that he did not drop his nice ESPN catered meal though. No. Watching it go by. Sure. He wasn't eating chicken fingers with the rest of us. I don't know. <laughs> Shall we put it in play? Please. Okay, who are we? A lot of options. Wow. I would say Ashley Prangy, but if Ashley Prangy put it in play, it's it's out of here. We're right. We just need a single time. Right. So let's go Larissa Pruitt. Okay, we're Larissa Pruitt. We have put it in play. And when we come back, we'll finally do the deep dive into the left side of the bracket. Which regional are we thinking is the easiest? Who's got the region of death? Oh, is there a region of death out there? There could be. Maybe some liquid death. Who's mm. to say? We'll find out when we come back here on the Out of the Box podcast. Welcome back. It's the Bracket Reaction episode. Ray Robertson, Tom Canterbury, out of the box. You know how this goes. Let's pick up our brackets, Tom, and look at the left side. Okay. We will go through the entire left side. We'll go through the right side a bit later on in the program. But we begin with the number one overall seed, the Oklahoma Sooners. 51-1 and on the year, along with two-seed Cal, three-seed Missouri, and four-seed Hofstra. Uh, I warned our friend Amber Pfizer that this might happen. At the SEC tournament, we were talking about it. She said, we're getting in, right? And I said, oh, absolutely. She said, oh, well, you know, I just hope we go somewhere fun. Mm. So, oh, well, uh, maybe, they got Norman. Some good, maybe they got some good restaurants. I, hey, Chris fun. Plank can give some racks, oh, I'm yeah. sure. Cal, an interesting team, up and down. We've seen them run rule UCLA. We have seen them struggle with teams on the lower half of the Pac-12. And then Hofstra, your CAA champs. This shouldn't be an issue for Oklahoma. But at the same time, this year... I wouldn't put it past Cal or Missouri to at least keep a game close. Yeah, I, I don't think they're just going to run run rule through it. But, yeah, I would be surprised if there's an issue. But uh, Cal was one of those teams that we thought might be the two seed for Alabama. Yeah. Um, because just how geography would work if there wasn't anybody else available. It could be another situation where you get a Pac-12 team. 
I think that's an interesting matchup with Missouri and Cal there in the first round. Yeah, Missouri, so much experience in the circle, a lot of youth at the plate. I think if you have one or the other, that's probably the way you want it to go as opposed to inexperience in the circle and right. a lot of veteranship yeah. at the plate, uh, especially when you're going to Oklahoma. You know, maybe a team like a Missouri, you know, Lauren Kring, somebody can go out there and just, you know, pitch the game of her life and keep Oklahoma you know, off the board. Hold them to like four runs right. and that would classify. Well, well, I mean, we've seen Oklahoma this year not just destroy people, Yeah. but you just got to find a way to score on them. That's the problem. Oklahoma right. has this great offense, but also they have three great pitchers that it's hard to score off of them too. So uh, that's why they're number one overall seed. That's right. They earned it. 51 and one. It's pretty good. They didn't earn the worst four seed somehow, but again, we'll talk geography later. Oh boy. The number 16 overall seed is the Clemson Tigers. How? I have no idea. Like no quality wins. SOS is bad. Non-con SOS is one of the worst for anybody. The worst. And they're the 16 seed. So, sure. Okay. Uh, they've got two seed Auburn, three seed Fullerton, four seed UNC Greensboro. This one is a little tricky. UNCG, solid team. Probably shouldn't give Clemson too much trouble, but they're not a you know, run over four seed. Right. And then Fullerton is a team that's beaten Tennessee this year. They've gotten some good wins. And of course you've got Auburn and Matty Penta. If Matty Penta is pitching like regular season, Matty Penta, this is a incredibly precarious situation for Clemson. If we see SEC tournament, Matty Penta, eh, I mean, she wasn't very sharp in Fayetteville. I've been told she's Matty Penta though. Well, that is her name. Yes. Can't confirm. She look at the roster now. She reiterates it, but I think Auburn is going to be in a situation where are they going to be able to get to use the chip on their shoulder to their advantage, or are they going to never be able to get over it? Mickey Dean was very adamant that he thought they should have been a, a regional host. If they beat South Carolina, they probably are a regional. Host. I think so. That the Jordan Fabian home run in the top of the seventh inning might have sent Auburn to this regional instead of hosting it. Um, so Clemson's like, thank you, South Carolina. Right. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, the strange, strange bedfellows indeed. But they not—they better not be looking past Fullerton to Clemson because the Titans could get them right off the bat, and, and then it's then it's then it's a real uphill climb for Auburn to be able to try to pull the upset and get rewarded with a trip to Norman for the Supers. It should be fun. It's too uh, bad. Yeah, Micah Sutherland from Cal State Fullerton, really good pitcher. Pitching pretty solid in this regional. Uh, Valerie Cagle, can she make one final push for player of the year? The buzz is completely gone, but it can come back real quick sure. if she's dominant in the circle and at the plate in this regional. Absolutely. Okay, moving on down to the nine seed, the Stanford Cardinal. Wow. Wow is right. The nine seed. Like, I get it, but I was stunned at the time. Right. The two seed here is the Florida Gators, not mm. hosting for the first time in the Tim Walton era. See, here, here's another another situation where, okay, so it's not even geography because you can't get much for, farther apart than Gainesville, Florida, and Palo Alto, California. It's a lot of frequent flyer miles, Tom. a long way. How in the world is Florida the two seed for the nine overall seed? <laughs> I don't know. How? They weren't that far. They weren't that far from... I mean, yeah, they were... I mean, they, they had probably... Their, their bubble burst by not beating Tennessee to be able to host, but they were still on that host bubble going into the SEC tournament. Right. There's no way they should be going to the nine seed, but, no, I'm but they you. are. They are. And that's going to be, if 
they're able to get past LMU, which right. is not, LMU and Long Beach State, the other two right. teams. LMU not a given, right? But that's that's a heck of a winner's bracket matchup if it works out for Sanford and Florida to be playing on Saturday. Stanford pitching versus Skylar Wallace in the Florida offense. Oh my gosh! Sign me up. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Shouldn't be happening, but it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean. Look, the intrigue is there, and weirdly, I think the path is there for postseason Florida. As I was looking oh, at the sure. bracket last night, I was like, if I'm Tim Walton, I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm I see okay I this, see yeah. some gettable teams in this little quadrant. 100%, which will bring us to that eight seed regional. Yeah, let's go there. Duke, this is the easiest regional. I've, how? Why? Because this is not the first time this has happened. How is the eight seed getting the easiest regional? I don't know. You got Charlotte as the two seed. Congrats to Charlotte, by the way. First trip to the NCAA tournament ever. Awesome. The three seed is Campbell. The four seed is George Mason. Shout out to our FGCLers that are on that squad. But Duke, a top eight seed for the first time in school history. And if they don't run through this bracket, I would be stunned. Yeah. Charlotte, good story. They've done well. They shouldn't, they're not a two seed. A lot of people had Charlotte as one of the last four in. How are they a two seed? I don't know. Much less a two seed for the eight overall. Hey, I don't know. If they're a two seed, they should be in Norman, and Cal should be in Duke, which should be interesting. See, this is the part outside of the 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 sixteen, the part that the committee really needs to hone in on, sharpen up, tighten up, is seeding the rest of the bracket. Right. I understand that there's geography involved in that type of stuff. But geography or not, Charlotte's not a two seed. I agree. So I, what are you? What are we doing now? We'll get to see Cassidy Crupit again. Sure. Yes, that'll be nothing, fun. Nothing in Charlotte. I think, like I said, I think they've had a really good season. Yeah, they deserve to be. They in probably the should have been in the field last year. Right. Yeah. yeah, they've got some good wins. They 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 should be in this tournament. They're not a two seed. And congratulations, Duke. I think you're exactly right. If it's not Duke coming out of here, then right, the mistakes were made, especially with Cassidy Curry pitching as well as she is right it's, now. It's reminiscent. I, all the years run together. The year that Missouri was the eight, yeah, and twenty one, and and we looked at it was Northern Iowa, Iowa State, and like Southern Illinois. Or I think so. So a four seed that we knew right wouldn't be an issue, and that ended up being, if I remember correctly, the opposite part of the super regional where odyssey and and jmu came out of that that type of stuff bothers me a little bit more than even the top 16 Mm. issues i get it so there you go but that being said i'm sure it'll be fun time for everyone just when you think it's easy i'm sure something will happen and it's a charlotte team that we've talked about that is capable sure of beating some teams you know remember they opened the year with a run rule win over south carolina of course they beat Georgia, they beat Virginia Tech, they went to extras with Duke back in March. So, yeah, they're not going to get run over. No. Um, I just, I agree with you. I think they were a little misseated. Mm-hmm. That's fine. There you go. We've already talked about the Tuscaloosa Regional. Let's go to the Evanston Regional. Alabama Supers pairing is the 12 seed Northwestern. It was interesting. It was a lot. Of, we were thinking going in, this could be the Super Regional pairing. 
we just thought it might be Alabama going to Chicago. Nathan so, Sheehan you know, was giving us all the sure. wrecks. We had the list. We were going by the homestead. Yeah. We, we were going to go. Ch- we were going to knock on the door and say, whoever's living here now, we're coming in with this entire bus of people. <laughs> just play that Miranda <laughs> Lambert song. Right. And walk in with Nate. <laughs> and Northwestern's the 12. Uh, certainly much lower than I think everybody had them. But I talked with Jordan Rudd, their catcher, earlier today, and she said they're really excited, and they should be. I, I like this region. You've got Eastern Illinois as the four. Mm-hmm. The three is Miami of Ohio. And the two is the wild card that is the Kentucky Wildcats. Who's pitching? They better figure it out because it's the NCAA tournament. <laughs> right. There's literally nothing after this. So, yeah, figure it out. But it's I think it's a it's a dangerous regional for Northwestern if Kentucky does – you know, if, if Schoonovers is able to go at the level that she was going, you know, a month or two ago, if she if she can find that again, um, any any lineup that has Aaron Koffel and Kayla Kowalik in it can make a run. Northwestern, I'm sure, has has a good environment. I would think it would be, you know, it will be nothing for Kentucky to go in there, considering that Kentucky goes through the SEC every year. Right. Uh, so they're not going to be intimidated at all. Main thing for Kentucky: one, get past Miami, Ohio, because they've got a lot of a lot of uh, experience mm-hmm. in this situation. But if you can do that, this, this might be one of those uh, possible upset regions. Yeah, and we saw last year the Evanston Regional get a little wild. Oh, it so got it got drunk quick. Got chaotic. Yes, and I know Kayla Kowalik will not go down without a fight. So. Yeah. I I look at this and I still think it's probably going to be Northwestern. We'll make picks later, but this seems like a prime if game candidate oh, for to sure. me. Yeah. Moving on down, this is my left side region of death, Ooh. partially because everybody just might kill each other. It's <laughs> Austin uh, with the number thirteen overall seed, Texas Longhorns. Your four seed is Seton Hall. Your three seed is Texas State. Congrats, Bobcats, getting in the field. And the two seed, but Texas A and M Aggies. So Seton Hall coming. Oh, you Texas people, you're you're good friends, aren't? Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> the hospitality is. Oh, oh wow, y'all are just don't, not not friendly at all. Going at each other. <laughs> this is a Texas team that soar, saw people's horns off. And... <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah, what was going on? I mean, we're pirates and everything, but geez, I just have a I have a vision of mascots walking in. and, and interacting. I'm sure. Reveille, Reveille <laughs> being walked by the pirate. Sure. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> Texas led by a lot of freshmen. They've got Mac Morgan in the circle, Seton Hall, solid Big East team who won that tournament. Yeah, there are a lot of good Big East squads this year. Connecticut, I thought, was going to be who got in the field, but Seton Hall squeaked through. Texas State, always dangerous with Jessica Mullins. She has beaten Texas before yeah. this year. And Texas A&M is, I think, similar to Kentucky, a huge wild card. Yeah. I could see A&M making a run to OKC. I yeah. could also see AM being two and Q. Absolutely. I mean, well, yeah. it could be any any which way for the Aggies, and it all depends on literally everything. The offense, can the offense be hot when the pitching is? Can the pitching find a way to shut people down? Is Emily Kennedy able to quiet bats, or does she have one of her wild games? There are a thousand things that could factor into how this regional goes, and most of them involve AM. Right. And that's, you know, I think everyone's looking forward to a possible Texas Texas AM matchup, but. Yeah, if Jessica Mullins has anything to say about it, A&M might not get there. Right. I mean, Texas State could easily beat Texas A&M and be right there with with the Longhorns. We've seen it. We, we were we were there in Austin when Texas State beat Texas. Watch the whole thing. Yes. Uh. So and it's in in not a uh, 
It's not a big travel issue for Texas State. San Marcos is literally 20 minutes down the road. <laughs> so they're going to be able to sleep in their own beds. It's mm-hmm. not going to be an issue traveling. Uh, so it's going to be just a very interesting and intriguing uh, regional all the way around. And, you know, Texas is a really good team, but they have some inconsistencies. So they have had a lot of hot and cold weekends. If they have a cold weekend, oh boy! imagine the hype if Texas A&M is able to go into Austin and win this regional. And, and it's very, very possible. Yeah, Trisha Ford, really good postseason record. Yeah, so, so yeah, I, that's gonna be one I'm definitely looking at big time. And say A and M gets out of that, then their supers pairing would be Tennessee, a team that they competed hard as heck with. Oh yeah, early in the year as we go to Knoxville, the number four overall seed, the Lady Balls, four seed Northern Kentucky, three seed Louisville, two seed an Indiana club that is back in the NCAA tournament. Congrats to Coach Stanton and all of our friends with the Hoosiers. On paper, you look at Indiana, they were outside the top 30 in the RPI, so was Louisville. You can make the argument this is a semi-easy regional, but in terms of talent, Indiana and Louisville are two of the best home run hitters in America, so Tennessee's pitching has to be sharp. Yeah, amazingly, that's kind of been the issue for Tennessee uh, in the non-Ashley Roger games now at this point. You know, Carlin Pickens did not get recording out in the SEC tournament. Right. You know, the, she did not get out of the first inning against Alabama. It wasn't that Alabama was hitting home runs off her. It was that she couldn't find the strikes. They weren't swinging. <laughs> right. Because why would you? It's going to the backstop. Right. So um, it, I think what has what was Tennessee's, one of their biggest assets was the depth of their pitching staff and their pitching rotation. You might see it go down to just two pitchers. It's, it, it may just all be Ashley Rogers and Peyton Gottschall at that point. You know, it's that's putting. I think it's going to put a lot on Gottschall because there's only so much Ashley Rogers is going to be able to do because of health. So there's I yeah. Mean, if Tennessee goes in the losers bracket, look then out. Yeah, you're in some trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it does help that you've got a team in Indiana and a team in Louisville that is not led by their pitching. Pitching numbers not great, so I expect to see Kiki and Zeta and the whole gang to have a pretty solid offensive weekend. But also, there is a little bit of an emotional and mental factor in this as well. Tennessee has not gotten out of regionals the last two years. Is that something that weighs on them? I would think it shouldn't be, but sometimes it is because this is college sports and these are college kids. Right. Yeah. So there is definitely something to having a mental block in certain situations. And uh, for Tennessee, it might end up being, you know, getting out of regionals. That being said, this is the easiest regional they've had in those now three years. Right. We think. Right. Yeah. On paper. Yes. That should be the case because this is the best seeded Tennessee team that there's been in those three years. So um, I think this is a, a, a proper region for the four overall seed. That's the left side. Again, your supers matchups, if the seeds held, one Oklahoma, 16 Clemson, eight Duke, nine Stanford. Nerds. Five Alabama, 12 Northwestern. I'm taken aback. Four Tennessee, 13 Texas. Those are four just juicy matchups, especially if Clemson gets out of Clemson. That probably means Cagle's pitching well, and I'm excited to see that matchup with OU. Still think OU would probably sweep them, but who's to say? Last question before we move on, Tom. We're going to be in Tuscaloosa, obviously. But if we could be anywhere else, which regional would you want to attend and sit and watch every game? The Stanford Regional. Mm. I think all I think LMU Florida is going to be a good game. Stanford Florida, if Florida wins against LMU, could be good. LMU Stanford would be good. I want to see how Florida responds to not being a host. 
because we know they have a talented team, especially offensively. If they're pitching, if something clicks for them, because they have talented and experienced pitchers. Elizabeth Hightower has seen it all, Tom. Right. Yes. So if something clicks for her and she kind of reverts back to, you know, 2021 Elizabeth Hightower, you know, that they could be, uh, we could see that postseason Florida run. I'll take Austin. That, um, that was my other, that was my other one. Yeah. I just, man, I, I don't know. I mean, when in doubt, pick the seed, but you can make the argument for any of those three Texas teams to go out of there. For sure. Shall we steal second? We've got the sign. Do you see it over there? Mm-hmm. We're running, not leaving early. No. no. Probably. Uh, but we do appreciate when it's called on the opponent. Sure. <laughs> is, is Tanya Cash our first base umpire? Maybe so. That's the question. When we come back, we'll steal second to look at the right side, including what in the world has a committee done to Florida State? That's next here on the Other Box Podcast. we've done it we've stolen second we made it we're here or i guess we're in the process we're stealing second on michelle on our way yeah i guess i don't know we've only been doing this for five years i'm forgetting the segment names the 69th episode yeah that's right and i'm not doing a very nice job <laughs> let's look at the right side of the bracket again we just looked at the left side right side is really bonkers. chaotic bonkers just there's a lot happening here let's start right up at the tippy top with the Tallahassee Regional, but number three overall seed, Florida State. That means that they're going to have a real easy regional, right? Typically. Yeah. Four seed is Marist. Three seed is the American Athletic Conference Tournament Champions with Pitcher of the Year Sarah Willis, UCF. Two seed is Red Hot South Carolina with Donnie Goborn. RPI-wise, this is a quote-unquote easy regional. I test? Oh, boy, Seminoles. This is not fun coming off of a year and here here, again a where is the consistency because you know florida state last year was the two overall national seed and their two seed was mississippi state this year and don't forget their three seed was georgina Corrick in south florida yes so congrats on that yeah but you know this year they get a ucf team with sarah willis and you know and then a South Carolina team that just made a run to the finals of the SEC tournament and are playing really, really good softball right now. This is a much, much tougher regional, I think, than last year for Florida State, even though they're only one seed lower than they were last year. Right. Well, I mean, what? You, why? Why? What? Donnie Goborn, man. Do yeah. you want to face Donnie Goborn right no. now? I'm glad we're done with that. Well, you would think. Yeah. But you never know. If hey, if we're not, then good on them. Good on everyone. Good on everyone because we're in OKC. <laughs> right, exactly. Probably in the champ series, all playing each other. Okay, sign me up. <laughs> the South Carolina champ series. People, jo- Joey Gamecock won't know what to do. Just collapsing in the street <laughs> at that mere possibility. I, no, I think that this is extremely dangerous for Florida State, which is crazy because you could argue they're one of the three or four teams that makes sense as a national championship yeah. pick. They, I think they're one of the few teams that could have a reasonable, reasonable chance to beat Oklahoma in a three-game series. Absolutely, and this they is might not what they get. get. Out of their, they might not get out of their own regional again. God, 
And and so you look at that, and then you look at who they're paired with. Oh. The 14 seed, Georgia, whose metrics stunk, but we've said, you know, I test, if they're playing well, they're as tough to beat as any team in the country mm-hmm. with a good pitching staff that has been great at times this year and statistically one of, if not the best offenses in the SEC. Your 14 seed, the Georgia Bulldogs, if that's a matchup in supers, not to get too far ahead, my gosh, Florida State will have to work to get to Oklahoma City. Yeah, that is a, a tough, tough matchup. Georgia's not guaranteed to get out of the Athens Regional. All right, let's go there. Georgia, the 14 overall seed. Four seed is North Carolina Central. Three seed is Boston U, another 50-win team. Yeah. Champs out of the Patriot League. They just walked into Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I was told you couldn't do that. They did it and just took it. They did. Grabbed all the hay and yes. everything. Two seed is Virginia Tech. I actually think this is a horrible matchup for Virginia Tech because of the amount of home runs the Hokies give up. Georgia, very, very good at hitting the home run ball. But still, I mean, Emma Lemley, when she's feeling it, is the kind of pitcher that can give the dogs trouble. I don't think Georgia's going to play Virginia Tech. Ooh, you're you're going full. I'm going full terrier. Dog yes. matchup. Yes, I think we got an all dogs in the uh, in the uh, winners bracket game of this Athens regional because I think that's a tough matchup for Virginia Tech to play Boston U. Uh, but you're right. Once once they get past that, if Georgia does play Virginia Tech, I think it actually works really well in the Bulldogs' favor. I think so too. So and another quick thing. Seating wise and the entire bracket, North Carolina Central should be Oklahoma's four seed. Probably. They're 19 and 33. If this was the NCAA basketball tournament, they would be in Dayton. <laughs> they would be doing the, the play in games. So, again, I know geography, blah, 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 but 262 in the RPI. Good boy. Yeah. That's got to be last in the. Of the just year. looking, Hofstra 141. Yeah. So, again, not that Oklahoma will have a problem with Hofstra. I'm just saying, if we're going to if we're going to make this a real bracket and seed it the proper proper way, the worst team in the in the in the bracket should be playing the best. Moving on down to Fayetteville. We just got back from there. We did. It's a lovely place. A yeah. lot of good food. We'll talk about it later. Indeed. The 11 overall seed, the Arkansas Razorbacks get Harvard. Mm. Harvard. Yes. A little bit of a culture shock for the Crimson. Indeed. Try ham and trees, you'll like it. Little pigs everywhere. What is happening? This <laughs> is, is in Boston. Mm. The three seed, a little bit of a shocker. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish getting in the field. And the two seed, the Oregon Ducks, a squad that can beat almost anybody in the country and can certainly lose to almost anybody in the country. It feels like Arkansas should get through this fairly easily. And even in the last couple of years, they haven't had issues of regionals. It's been supers. I think I would be fairly shocked if Arkansas is not out of this little quartet. It's interesting, and also considering the fact that they're matched up with the six Oklahoma State, that in the year, third straight year where they are a regional host, the year that they aren't the SEC champions, they might have their best chance to actually make it to Oklahoma City. Right. Uh, but we'll talk about that in a moment. But, uh, yeah, I, I think this this matches up pretty well for Arkansas. Oregon could give them some issues, uh, but if Shanice Dells is pitching like – that game, Alabama and Arkansas, the extra inning game, two Warriors out there, Dallas, oh, yeah. Dallas and Fouts. I mean, Janice pitched her butt off too. Uh, and if she's at that level, it's going to be hard for Arkansas not to come out of this regional. Right, and Oregon back in favor. They were there last year, and that didn't go super well. No. So, I don't know. But no. I think it is very, very doable for Arkansas. Yeah. And again, if Notre Dame's one of the last four, 
Why are they in the 11 seed bracket? That's a great question. Yeah. Moving on to Stillwater. Stillwater's run deep, and so too do the Shockers and their bid to make some history because Wichita State is the two seed with one seed, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State number six overall, three seed, Nebraska, four seed, UMBC with Courtney Coppersmith. Do not sleep on UMBC. That is a team that is going to make life difficult for Oklahoma State in that first game. But, I mean, if you're Wichita State, you got to love the way this was laid out. You had Oklahoma State's number in the regular season. Nebraska, one of the last four in. Why not, right? Why not the Shockers? Yeah, I think this does set up really nice. If you're Wichita State, you're just you're ecstatic you didn't get sent to Norman. You're, you know, you're ecstatic. You're probably not in Austin. You're happy that you got this matchup with Oklahoma State playing like they are. I think this is going to be one of the more popular upset picks uh, of people doing that type of thing. Oh, maybe so. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Or because it'll be that popular, do you go the other way? Also, maybe. Mm. We'll see. Mm. Again, tossing a lot around up here today. And then, of course, the potential Supers matchup between Oklahoma State and Arkansas. I think if you're Arkansas... Just to, to backtrack a bit, you've got to be thrilled with the path you've got. If you're Oklahoma State, maybe you weren't penalized for the bad finish in terms of seating, but in terms of route to Oklahoma City, there are certainly some big old roadblocks. Yeah, not the easiest, that's for sure. To Seattle, the seven overall seed Washington Huskies out of the Pacific 12 is their conference. Northern Colorado. Of which, of which seven teams play softball. Indeed. But, mm-hmm. uh, McNeese is the three. Okay. Sure. Uh-huh. And Minnesota, the two. This is a quick little drive to Seattle for both the Cowgirls and the Gophers. If people are talking about Alabama being overseeded, I think you could make the argument that Washington is a bit as well. McNeese has beaten Washington this year. And from McNeese to Autumn Peace for Minnesota, uh, the Big Ten Pitcher of the Year has been darn near untouchable it feels like for the last month so this is a very precarious spot i think for the huskies even as a top eight seed with washington being the seven and then stanford being the nine i wonder if what happened when the huskies played the cardinal is what basically cost stanford a top eight seed i think so because when you were looking at it metric wise you didn't think they were really that close but it might have ended up being the tiebreaker don't get run ruled, nah, I guess, yeah. is, the, is the lesson. I don't know, because every part of me is like, Gray, don't be an idiot. Don't pick Washington to lose in Seattle. But also, we saw them do it last year to Texas, and I just don't like these matchups for the Huskies. This feels dangerous. It's it's definitely dangerous. It's just whether or not you think Minnesota has enough outside of, of their pitching if they have enough offensively to be able to hang with and, and beat the Huskies in Seattle? It's a good question. Yeah, maybe we'll, sure, we'll discuss answer it. it later. Yes, yeah. indeed. The number 10 overall seed is LSU. They've got four-seed Prairie View. Why is Prairie View not going to somewhere in Texas? Yeah. Uh, you've got the three-seed Omaha. Congrats to Omaha, the Summit League champs, their first trip to the NCAA tournament. And two-seed, hold on, Tom, does that, is, that, is it Louisiana? Yes. They never go to Baton Rouge. I know. I'm shocked that this is what happened. Also, you know, one of the main things that we, we were, all the bracketologists, y'all were discussing that Louisiana, number 11 in the RPI, no one 11 or higher had ever not been a host. Well, here we are. I mean, we were sitting around, and what I was telling people was Louisiana has to 
make sure that the committee looks around at possible 16 seeds and says, okay, I guess it's Louisiana. <laughs> right. Because there are no other options. And I kind of thought they'd done that. Uh, Utah winning the pack kind of complicated things more on the Utes a little bit later, but 16 was still available. And when Utah popped up at 15 uh, and we knew it was down to Clemson and Auburn, I got even a little bit more confused because I thought as weak as the Cajuns resume was, I still thought it was much better than both Clemson and Auburn. Yeah. When we saw, you know, LSU getting that host and then we saw Louisiana was the two, I think the Raging Cajuns, the watch party, them and Texas were the two most unenthused for, for their slots when they showed their reaction. Quite peeved. Yes. And I think, you know, in a way, rightfully so. One, because they probably thought they had done enough resume-wise for them to be a host. And two, if we're not being, if we're not the host, surely we're not being sent to the number 10 overall seed. We've got to be close to right. the cut if, line, we, right? We were right there on the cut line. We've got to be going to the 15 or the 14 or the 16. But instead, we get to go to Louisiana, LSU, where we always go. Right. Uh, which is that's that needs to change. We need to get work on that committee. Yeah. So interesting matchup. They split the series as per usual. Louisiana right. won in Baton Rouge and the Tigers won at Lafayette. I feel like that's how it goes every year. Right. Well, so we'll see. The best way to prove that you got the shaft, Louisiana, would be to beat LSU. That's exactly right. Also, Louisiana in past bracket reaction shows, very popular pick to go to supers for us and i don't think they've ever done it never done it we've picked them so in the history will we go back to the well Mm. thinking this is the time or do we stick with the seeded team only for this to finally be the year right where the cajuns win and go to supers this is the year that omaha comes out of that bracket (laughs) mavericks (laughs) top gun maverick i would be for it oh man hangman here we go okay progressing down our final little quadrant the 15 overall seed the Utah Utes, your Pac-12 tournament champions. The first ever Pac-12 tournament champion is Utah. That's awesome. Just like we all predicted. Right before UCLA flees the scene, yeah, we're Utah out. was like, we're taking it. Yeah. Yeah, that, I thought it was really good. I, I, and I'm glad. It was a great game. Yeah, I'm, it was a really good tournament. I'm glad the Pac-12 had that type of tournament and kind of showed this is what we've kind of been missing out on. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, I think they'll be able to continue it even without UCLA there. Showing if you have performances like what you got from Utah and Stanford, Washington, those type of teams, hopefully we'll see if they're able to all stick together. I'm still not not convinced that the conference realignment has come to a halt. I think there may be still some more happening Ooh. at some point. But uh, that being said, uh, it was a, a heck of a Pac-12 tournament and really good for Utah to come away with a win. And this is one of those cases where I do think that performances in a conference uh, tournament is worthy of getting this extra consideration for regional hosts. So I don't think Utah would necessarily was on, was a regional host before the Pac-12 tournament. Yeah, I had them as the watch out for team two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And then I kind of gave up on them when they got swept by UCLA. But you know what? Everyone gets swept by UCLA. It happens. This is the, however, my region of death on the right side. Congrats to Utah, you're hosting. Now you've got Missouri Valley champ Southern Illinois, who is inside the top 100 in the RPI, and a couple years ago gave Arizona State everything they wanted. You've got three-seed Ole Miss. My gosh, the Rebels are capable of beating everybody that they play if they don't make dumb errors. And then Baylor, a team that I've already said I think should have been a host. So this is quite the challenge for the Utes in Salt Lake City. I mean, they're the 15 seed, so they should have a, a tougher uh, road. But, uh, you know, you have a Baylor team that is obviously the only team to beat Oklahoma this year. They've had some really outstanding wins. They can beat anyone. And Ole Miss, 
you know, like like you said, had, had they had just one or two errors instead of a multitude, they would have beat Auburn and made a run themselves, maybe in the SEC tournament, coming off what they did on, on Sunday against Alabama in the last game of the regular season. Uh, so we know that they are certainly capable uh, of uh, of giving anyone and everyone they play all they want. Salt Lake City, to me, feels like it's going to be really tight, and we'll see. Yeah. Those will be some late games. They will be. Speaking of late, some late games happening out in Los Angeles, I'm sure. I haven't seen their TV schedule, but I'm just taking a guess. I've seen I've seen the, the Liberty UCLA possible game oh. will be like 11 a.m. or 11 p.m. Eastern time. Great. Yeah. Well, at least it'll give us something to do on a Friday. <laughs> the number two overall seed is UCLA. Their four seed is Grand Canyon. Now, this is a pretty this is a pretty good uh, four seed to be having to go to the number two overall. 64 in the RPI. Yeah. Grand Canyon out of the WAC, your WAC champions. And when you look at the old Lopes and what little resume they put together, lost 5 nothing to Washington, beat Charlotte, beat Boise State, beat Arizona State. Like they, you know, there are some things here. So yeah. Grand Canyon, not a walkover. Your three seed is San Diego State, gave UCLA a tough game a couple weeks ago. And Liberty, who has already played UCLA, but in a game where Carly Keeney did not pitch. So yeah. for the number two overall seed, this is, I think, a little bit tougher than Kelly I would have wanted. And Dot Richardson coming home. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got, you got a lot of Stacey big... Stacey Newman from yeah. SDSU coming home. You have all all the storylines here. This is by no means a walkover for UCLA to make it uh, out, of, out of regional play. I think they will, but I mean, they're going to get everything they want. No matter who it is, they end up playing. Yeah, Megan Faramo did not look at her best in the Pac-12 tournament. So, right. as good as Burkianez was, Faramo was equally as meh. Right, and they'll need Faramo to be back to herself for them to be able to make a run. Recharge the machine. Yes. Plug in the Ethernet <laughs> if you have it. Right. And Get him to switch ports. Whatever you got to do. Uh, just bring. Call the guy. <laughs> just call the man. Where is he? All right, so that's the right side. It's a little inside for like yeah. three people. Yeah, you're welcome. Grace to follow. <laughs> we did that for you. Uh, so your potential Supers matchups would be one more time. Three seed Florida State, 14 seed Georgia, 11 seed Arkansas, 6 seed Oklahoma State, 7 seed Washington, 10 seed LSU, 2 seed UCLA, 15 seed Utah. Same question as earlier, Tom. If you had to go to a regional and sit and watch every single game, maybe even call them, let's say. No. Oh. Which one would you pick? I think I'm going to go out west to the UCLA regional. Really? Yeah, I like that. I think there. I mean, there's a lot of really intriguing matchups there. I'm picking Tally. Let's go to Tallahassee. I want to see, and I hope it happens. I mean, all love and respect to Sarah Willis and UCF, but I really want to see Donnie Goborn versus Florida State. Mm-hmm. And I want to see in particular, does Bev Smith stick with the start somebody, throw a couple people, and then bring in Donnie strategy throughout right. the whole regional? Or against Florida State, does she say, nope, we're starting Donnie because she gives us our best chance to win? Yeah, that was interesting to see that that kind of being the philosophy going through the SEC tournament of starting someone else and then bringing Donnie Goldburn in. If it was me, I would start Donnie Goldburn from the beginning because Florida State has the capability of, you know, you're expecting maybe your, your starter, if you don't pitch Donnie, Florida starter to maybe get one time to the order. Uh, but Florida State certainly has capability of that one time to the order scoring five or six runs. Yeah, you'll blink and Michaela Edenfield's just hit a three-run homer and you're like, wait, right. this has unraveled. Yeah. Especially if you're facing Sandercock, it's it's hard to put up a crooked number in response. Yeah. The question is, though, 
what have you had to do to beat UCF to get there? Right. There's a lot that'll go into that. But yeah, I agree. I think that's that would probably have been my second choice outside of UCLA. I like it. Should we pick them? Sure. Again, I love your yearly enthusiasm when I bring <laughs> up that idea. When we come back, we'll round third and pick these games. Because why not? Yeah. Let you know. Because we did so well in the SEC tournament. Well, this is where it counts. That was like practice. Okay. No one did anything well. We've got the NCAA tournament picks. That's on the other side here on the Out of the Box podcast. Time to round third. Turning on the Jets and blindly making selections. Not really blindly. We've broken it down. You've heard us and our thoughts on each regional. But, Tom, now it is time to select. Now we're either avoiding or causing obstruction is our plan. That is exactly right. As the winner of the regular season, you will go first. Great. And then we will flip-flop each regional. Okay. So congrats. You get first pick on the Norman regional with Oklahoma, Cal, Missouri, and Hofstra. You know what? I think I'm going to go out on a limb. Mm. I'm going to pick the Oklahoma Sooners to come out of this region. Would this be the biggest upset in college softball history if, like, Missouri all of a sudden is playing in a super? Absolutely. Yes. I'm not willing to pick it. No, no. I mean, we saw last year the biggest upset in regional history with Mississippi State beating Florida State twice. Don't see something like that happening in Norman to Oklahoma this year. I also am taking number one seed, Oklahoma. So everyone join me. Let's take a risk. Yeah. Boomer sooner. Indeed. All right. This is where it actually is going to get interesting. But number 16 overall seed, Clemson with Auburn, Fullerton, and UNCG. I'm going to continue to ride with what I've been saying. I think that there were a lot of matchups where I would feel comfortable picking Auburn to win a regional, and this is one of them. Uh, the biggest question to me is Maddie Penta, which is crazy, but after she looked so merely good in the SEC tournament, if she's merely good here, then I think Clemson comes out of it, but Auburn is going to escape this regional and win it. I don't see Valerie Cagle allowing Clemson not to come out of this regional. So I, I think you're going to see her drag the rest of the team on her back out of this regional past Auburn. So I'm going to go with Clemson. All right. I mean, you picked the seeded team. I know, so, I did. Yeah, it makes sense. To Palo Alto we go. The nine seed Stanford along with Florida, LMU, and Long Beach State. I think postseason Florida's coming. Oh, dear me. I'm going to go with the Gators. Wow. It is not out of the realm of possibility. The path exists, folks. Yes. Stanford Stanford has played well throughout most of the year. They just had a couple of, of dips. Didn't play particularly outstanding in the Pac-12 tournament. I, I just think this is a, a bad matchup for them. There's not a lot of twos that I would pick over Stanford, but I'm going to pick Florida. The thing that keeps giving me pause about Stanford is they lack the high-end wins, but the area where Florida is in the RPI, that's how Stanford got to the nine. Mm-hmm. I also think Nazarene Kennedy is ready. Sure. You know? And we saw Stanford puller somewhat inexplicably in yeah. the UCLA game in the Pac-12 tournament. I don't know whether that was a health thing or what. I am assuming that she is 100% ready to go and that they will keep their best pitcher on the field. Her name is Nazarene Kennedy, and I just can't trust Florida's pitching. So I'm going to do something so stupid and pick <laughs> Florida to lose in a regional. I'm taking Stanford. Okay. Next up, the number eight overall seed, Duke, along with Charlotte, Campbell, and George Mason. I'm glad I'm going first. I am taking the Duke Blue Devils to make it to Supers. I don't think I can have made such a big deal as I did about 
the misseeding of this regional and not pick Duke to win. So I'm going to agree with you. I'll go with the Blue Devils as well. Five seed Alabama, along with Central Arkansas, Middle Tennessee, and LIU. Alabama. Okay. I think Alabama's going to win. I think this. I think Alabama can win it even without Montana Fouts. I think they can power through this regional, but it would certainly be nice if the People's Queen was able to to help out here in regional play. I mean, I think that would be great. Uh, your hope is probably even if she's available and can pitch, you don't have to stress her right. too much. Uh, I also think, quite frankly, you know, as good as Central Arkansas is, you did get a quote unquote weaker three and four. So you got to take advantage of this kind of layout. I think Central Arkansas's strengths aren't necessarily ones that can take advantage of a Montana Fouts-less Alabama. I'm going to take Alabama to get out of here. Okay. Next up. I'm with you. Let's thank do you. I would also like to do a not sad show next yes. week when we pick supers again. Uh, the 12 overall seed is Northwestern with Kentucky, Miami of Ohio, and Eastern Illinois. Every part of me, Tom, wants to say, Kentucky, this is it. This is what – it's time. They're going to turn it around, and I just can't because I think this is a bad matchup with a Northwestern team that finds ways to win. They've done nothing for six innings in the Big Ten championship game and then found a way to string together hits and walks to score two and walk off Indiana. They just win games like that. They think of when they walked off Auburn in Oklahoma City. They just find ways to win – and they've already beaten Kentucky once this year, and it was a pretty lopsided score. I think Kentucky's going to put up a fight. Love you, Kayla Kowalik, but I'm taking the Wildcats of Northwestern. For all those same reasons, I'm also going to pick Northwestern. Yeah. If this was being played in mid to late March, when Stephanie Schoonover was pitching uh, as one of the top players in this conference, I might have a different a different pick, but I just think – Northwestern, like you said, they, they just find ways to win. And unfortunately, Kentucky kind of find way, finds ways to lose. Right. Um, so it's just that's, that's not a good that's not a good thing in this situation. So I would not be shocked if it goes to full seven games, but I'm going to go with Northwestern. As well. Yeah, it feels like an if situation, but Kentucky might have to throw a lot of people against Miami of Ohio in the game before. And if that happens in edge Northwestern. Right. To Austin, the 13 overall seed, Texas, along with Texas A&M, Texas State, and Seton Hall. It's not going to be easy for them, but I think the Longhorns find a way to get out of it. They're going to have a lot of emotions. It's going to be a very charged atmosphere with whether it's Texas State or Texas A&M in that winner's bracket game. But if you can get past that, kind of weather the storm, even though you're at home, weather the storm to start off with. But then I think Texas just has more talent than everybody else in this regional, so I'm going to go with Texas. Ditto, Texas. If game, almost a lock, no matter who it is. And I think that you're going to see a lot of tight games. Seton Hall, even, I think is going to put up quite a, a battle, but Texas. The number four overall seed is Tennessee, along with Indiana, Louisville, and Northern Kentucky in the Knoxville Regional. I think that the streak of sadness in regionals comes to an end. Kiki Malloy is too good. Ashley Rogers is too good. And Peyton Gottschall has been pitching well enough to where if they have to lean on her a little bit, I think she can complete the task. I've got Tennessee getting through here. And I'm not sure this is one of those if series. I, I think that they could get through this undefeated. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the the pick-in situation would be more of a factor, I think, in Super Regionals than in, in, this, specific, in this particular regional. 
you know, Indiana and Louisville have some big boppers, but it's not one through nine like Tennessee is. Right. Uh, so I think even if it becomes a slugfest, I like Tennessee in, in that situation too. So I got the Lady Balls. There we go. To the right side and Tallahassee, three seed Florida State with South Carolina, UCF, and Marist. We already talked about how difficult this regional is, Tom. Do you dare to pick it? I do not. I'm going to go with the Seminoles. It's going to be a great regional. There's going to be a lot of really close games. But I think Florida State, especially after what happened last year, we're not going to let that happen again. Florida State makes it to the Women's College World Series every other year. They've done it for like the last decade. (laughs) They did not quite famously make it last year. Right. So they will be going to the World Series, spoiler alert, for a later pick. Oh, wow. This year, Florida State is obviously getting out of the Tallahassee Regional, but it will be very, very tough. And Donnie Goborn is going to give them everything she's got. Because this is really the only time she's ever been in or will be in this kind of position in the NCAA tournament. 100%. Which may be another reason why I don't think they go with the start someone else, bring in Donnie, because this is this is it for her. Yeah, last yeah. ride. Yeah. To Athens, the 14 overall seed Georgia Bulldogs, along with Virginia Tech, Boston U, and North Carolina Central. I am taking Georgia. Uh, this one feels, when you look at it, like it could give the dogs some trouble. I actually think they're going to get through this fairly comfortably. Um, watch somebody else win the whole thing. <laughs> but I, I do think Georgia is able to hold serve here behind that offense. I'm also going to go with Georgia. But as I mentioned earlier, I think the storyline out of this regional is that it's not Virginia Tech that Georgia is trying to uh, fight off. It's going to be Boston U. I think the Terriers will give them all they got. Bark, bark. Yes. Woof, indeed. Mm-hmm. To Fayetteville, the 11 overall seed Arkansas, along with Oregon, Notre Dame, and Harvard. Hmm. I wish there was a different number, too. If that, I think if there was a different number, two, Arkansas might be in a little bit more trouble. But as I mentioned before, uh, Shanice Dells is pitching extremely well right now. The offense isn't quite hitting in, on as many cylinders as it was earlier on in the year. But if they can get enough offensively, I think they can get past Oregon, and I'll go with Arkansas. I am, too. All right. I don't. I, I think they got an easy three. I don't think Notre Dame's all that good, and I don't think they should be in the field. Yeah. Uh, and I think Oregon is too erratic to pick here. Uh, that being said, you know we made the same arguments about the bubbleishness of Arizona and Oregon State last season, and they got out of their region. Of course. Yes. So maybe Notre Dame has something in them, but I, I think that this just sets up perfectly for Arkansas to get through. I would be stunned. Yeah. I'd be stunned if it's somebody like Notre Dame, you know, because it, you know, Arizona, Arizona had the history. They were in a weird situation for them last year to not be seated. Obviously, a much different situation this year, not even being in the tournament. But, you know, they at least had that belief in, you know, we're Arizona, we're supposed to win. Uh, I don't think Notre Dame has that. Yeah. The six overall seed and the pairing right there is Oklahoma State, along with Wichita State, Nebraska, and UMBC. Let's shock the world. No. Wichita State finally is able to cash in all the love and the goodwill because remember last year in the Fayetteville Regional, they didn't even make it to the regional final. Yeah. So I think this year, because they've got the familiarity with Oklahoma State and it's good familiarity, they remember what it's like to beat them twice. Uh, I think that the Shockers find a way. I just I can't trust Oklahoma State right now. Even the even Kelly Maxwell, it's been too erratic. Lexi Kilfoyle, too erratic. Kyra Acock. Too erratic. You can't give up four runs in the seventh to Kansas. What what are we doing? The offense, too erratic. With Wichita State, I know what I'm getting. And what I'm getting is a 
regional win on the road. I really want to agree with you. Mm. If it was single elimination, I'd pick Wichita State. But I just think at it quite famously is it not. is not it because is not. Alabama cannot go one and done in this event. Correct, I have yes. been told. I I just think at some point Oklahoma State has to pull themselves out of the tailspin. So I'm going to go Oklahoma State. I don't like it. I'm going to go Oklahoma State. To Seattle, Washington, the number seven overall seed with Minnesota, McNeese, and Northern Colorado. I think I think Minnesota is real good, but I think Washington that's a really tough place to play uh, to go on the road and do. That's why I was one of the reasons I was so surprised that Texas was able to do it last year. Kind of a similar situation, Florida State, other teams like that. I don't think they're going to let it happen again, so I'm going to go the Huskies. I am too. I think Bailey Klingler is the difference. Just too much talent. Ruby Malin kind of found it at the end of the of conference play. And, again, this is a pretty brutal regional, I think, for a top seven seed for a possible Supers host. But I, I do think the Huskies are able to squeak through. Probably an if game here, though. Yeah. Number 10 overall seed is LSU with Louisiana, Omaha, 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 and Prairie View. Do you dare? Can't do it. 10 LSU. The 10 seed is moving on because prior to the Ole Miss game, I thought LSU was figuring it out. I thought that they had turned the corner. They started to look like the LSU team that they looked, they appeared to be early in the year and that we thought they could be this season. And then the Ole Miss game happened and they just, threw it everywhere and screwed up as much as possible. Right. And still almost won, (laughs) but then didn't. Right. I think LSU is good enough to get through this. I also still don't know how good Louisiana is. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Call me crazy. I'm going to go with the Raging Cajuns. I have many times, actually. Maybe some of it is... Me being upset at LSU for me picking them to win the SEC tournament. It's and, quite a turnaround and, in our last two picks. Right. And then say, no, thank you. I'm going to lose the first game. Too inconsistent for LSU. I think Louisiana is able to channel their frustration and their anger at not being a host and being sent to Baton Rouge once again. And goodness, they make some great red beans and rice. Mm. Raging Cajuns. All right. Tom with the red beans and rice pick. Doing it for the cornbread. Sure. Old time grocery. Where are you at? <laughs> Indeed. All right. We have one little quadrant left for mm. regionals. We start with the 15 overall seed Utah in Salt Lake City with Baylor, Ole Miss, and Southern Illinois. This is the one that goes off the rails. Oh, no. SEC pride. We're going to go with the Ole Miss Rebels. Do it for Finley. Yes. Her, her home trip. Yes. Yes. Check Twitter. You'll figure out what we're talking about. Everyone's going to be talking about, well, Baylor can do this. Baylor can do this. Look out for Utah. Look where they're coming off the Pac-12 championship. And here come the Rebels. All right, so there are a couple things here. First of all, I wish I had gone back and looked to see how conference tournament champions did. I mean, I remember Ole Miss in 17, not in consideration to host, won the tournament, became a host, got to Supers and lost in Supers. Right. Utah did have some injuries in that UCLA game. We talked to Amy Hogue on the D1 podcast earlier she said she hopes they're back but they don't know understood mm-hmm. same yeah <laughs> uh, with our situation here baylor orm is so good but she i i can't figure out baylor because they keep losing to bad teams and beating the really good teams that they play right 
Do they overlook Ole Miss just assuming you're about to play? They might. Time? Honestly, yeah. that would track. I think when in doubt, stick with the seed. I'm going to take Utah, but I can make an argument for anybody here. Two seed UCLA in LA with uh, Liberty, San Diego State, Grand Canyon, UCLA. Yeah, I'm going to go UCLA too, but uh, they're going to have to fight. And interestingly enough, with if my scenario happens, that Ole Miss team that you just referenced. Wow, yeah. They played UCLA in LA in Super Regionals. Indeed they did. Let's pick our supers. It all comes together. Well, we'll see if you right, well, yeah. side with the Rebs as we go through our I supers know. picks. That would be totally shocking. Get all the snuggles from Finley. Oh, yes. And multiple other chocolate-covered <laughs> things. <laughs> Top left, I've got Oklahoma-Auburn. You've got Oklahoma-Clemson. Tom, you're up first. Regardless, Oklahoma will beat whoever <laughs> comes out of this regional, so I'll go Oklahoma. Yeah, same. Oklahoma's already destroyed Auburn. Yeah. This year, Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, and they'll handle Clemson. Yeah. Kegel will keep it close one game if this, if this, super and if Clemson game. somehow wins, then yes. oh, I'm, the dude. next two will be bloodbaths. KD bar the door. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I've got, I've got an easy sweep here. I assume mm. you do as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up, you've got Florida at Duke. I've got Stanford at Duke. I don't know if Duke is one of the eight best teams in the country, but I think. They will win this super. It would probably go three. Duke is a scrappy team. They're one of those teams where you watch them and you're like, how are they good? And then they just win. Right. Or they're super tight. That Florida State game that we were watching uh, on Saturday, thought Florida State was quite clearly the better team. And Duke had them tied in the seventh. Right. So I think Duke is going to the Women's College World Series. And I'm picking the Blue Devils to beat Stanford probably in three games. I also think my Super Regional between Florida and Duke would go three games as well, but kind of like what you said, Duke just finds a way to keep it close and then finds a way to win at the end. And Florida hasn't been able to do that this year with any type of consistency. Uh, So I think Florida does everything they can and they get out of Stanford, but they do not uh, get out of Duke. So I'm going to go with Duke. So already two teams down, the same. Mm -hmm. Will we be the same here? We've got the same Super. It's Alabama hosting Northwestern. I think this is one where I would think it'll go three games. Agreed. If, if they do match up, you will need Fontana Fouts at least close to 100%. Um, if that is the case, and that is, yeah, we're going to prepare for the worst, but hope for the best, and I'm going to continue to hope in that situation, I'm going to go Alabama 2-1. I think right now, with the information as we have it presently. Which is not much. Not much. I think Alabama will come out of this. Northwestern, having to come to the South. Tom, it was 95 degrees today. Just, it was a scorcher. I always think back to when Minnesota came to Tuscaloosa. Yeah. And they had people falling out because it was 85 and humid. And and I was like, I'm, I'm thinking about putting on a, a light jacket. It's kind of cool. So, right. I mean, you know, it's going it, to, the... The elements are going to be a factor. Yeah, and and I think even more so than the crowd, because remember last year, Northwestern went to Arizona State. Club Farrington was popping. Wildcats found a way out of it. They handled the stream team and everything. They did. So I've got I've got Alabama going to the World Series. This actually would be a pretty phenomenal super, I think. Oh, it should be. Yeah, for sure. Finally, Texas and Tennessee. I think UT is going to win it. Oh, bold. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Uh, let's get a little more specific. I'm taking <laughs> Texas. Wow. Yes. Uh, remember last year 
how pissed Texas was that they weren't a host. And you know yes. what they did? Went to the Champ Series, Tom. That they certainly did. Somewhat inexplicably. All the way to the Champ Series. Well, rightfully or wrongfully, yesterday when the camera flashed to the Longhorns, they looked incredibly pissed. I, I still don't know why, but okay. They find ways sure. to think everybody hates them. And I think that that will work in their favor. I think in a Supers matchup, Ashley Rodgers will be so, so, so important. And I think Texas has enough arms to befuddle the Tennessee offense long enough to allow their offense to figure out Tennessee pitching. So I am perhaps stupidly taking Texas to go to the World Series. I don't think it's stupid. But I don't agree with it. Okay. I think Tennessee is going to beat Texas in this situation. I think once Texas, once Tennessee gets past whatever mental roadblock there is of regionals, uh, they're going to realize that they certainly deserve and have every right to be where they are. Might handle Texas easily, actually. I really? Think, yeah. Out, out of, you know, again, we're setting aside Oklahoma and anything that they do. Outside that, this might be the, reg- the super regional if it does come down to Texas and Tennessee that uh is the most lopsided wow okay to set up alabama tennessee in the world series of course because we can't get away from those people yeah and i've got alabama texas because can't get away from those haven't seen that enough in the last five years (laughs) (sighs) all right to the right side we both have florida state georgia is the upset happening tom i don't think so i think florida state kind of similar to what i just said with tennessee once they get past regionals they're going to be on a mission they go to the World Series every other year, like you said. This is one of those years. Florida State goes to the World Series every other year. Florida State, what are we doing? Mm. Probably goes three. Okay. But Georgia does tend to go on these type of runs. That's this, right. This would be a type of year where Georgia would make the World Series. I think Tony Baldwin said that you know the last two times they did go to the World Series, they were one and done in the SEC tournament. That's true. So, you know, maybe maybe they got that magic again. I think they're just matched up with the wrong team in Supers. I concur. Next up, you've got Arkansas at Oklahoma State. I've got Wichita State at Arkansas. Are, are they going to shock the world, Gray? I'm going to take Wichita State. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't think this is the team for Arkansas to break the Supers curse. It should have been last year. It mm-hmm. should have been in the World Series, and they weren't. And I think Wichita State will find a way to get out of this, whether it's because Arkansas screws up or Wichita State plays above their heads. I think Arkansas is probably a better team than Wichita State. I feel fairly comfortable saying that, despite the fact that their one meeting this year, Wichita State destroyed Arkansas. Right. Uh, But I think there's just, there's a little something there that makes me not feel comfortable picking Arkansas here. So I'm going to take the Shockers. I'd be all for it. But unfortunately, in my scenario, they're not playing Wichita State. Indeed. Arkansas is playing Oklahoma State. And I think this is the year Arkansas does make it to OKC. Similar to what you just said, whether it's because Oklahoma State kind of reverts back to what we've seen here in the last three or four weeks, uh, or Arkansas just continues to play over their head. I think it actually works out better for Arkansas that it is Oklahoma State instead of Wichita State, Mm. uh, even though that means they're on the road instead of hosting the Super. I just think I think this is this is a time for the Razorbacks to get through. Young Sharpie. team, maybe they don't care about the right. past. They don't know what they don't know. That's right. LSU at Washington for me. Louisiana at Washington for you. Either way, somebody's going to Seattle. They'll have to eat red vines instead of Twizzlers. Oh man, don't even get me started. 
<laughs> don't even get me. <laughs> kind of similar to why I think Washington is going to win their regional. I think they win the super regional. You know, if this was a neutral side or at in Louisiana, I'd probably pick the Cajuns. But I think in Seattle, they just got a little too much for the Cajuns, and I'll go Washington. I like the matchup for LSU. I'm going to take LSU. Wow. I, I think if LSU does win their regional, it's because they figured out some things and that will help propel them past UW. A lot of the stuff that LSU has struggled with, pitching-wise, opposing pitching-wise, Washington has, but not as good as what LSU has faced. And I just think that the Tigers will be able to ride what will probably be a very emotional regional win into a Supers win against a, a Washington team that I don't think is World Series good. Utah at UCLA or, I'm sorry, let me get my monocle, Ole Miss at UCLA? Indeed. All right. I'm taking UCLA. I think it goes three. I think Utah puts up a hell of a fight. I think it is firmly dependent on how Megan the Machine is working. Is the Wi-Fi there? How's the connection? UCLA is just too good to lose twice here against Utah. Probably lose once, but I don't think twice. Well, Miss, congratulations on your Super Regional bid. They did it. They're yes, there. they're there. It'll be a lovely trip out to Westwood. The games won't be great, and UCLA wins. Okay. Yeah. Probably for the best. Yeah. All right, there are picks. I can't believe this is what we came up with. I don't like it. I don't like my World Series at all. Uh, Same. I'm almost 100% chalk other than Arkansas. The tournament itself is not the best 64 teams. Right. So the World Series is rarely the best eight teams. Let's read our lists. I've got Oklahoma, Duke, Alabama, Texas, Florida State, Wichita State, LSU, and UCLA. And I got Oklahoma, Duke, Alabama, Tennessee, Florida State, Arkansas, Washington, UCLA. Washington, UCLA playing Oklahoma City a lot. That's true. Yeah, I don't love it. Yeah. This is a weird year. (laughs) I'm not a big fan. This is a weird, a weird year. Can we do this again? Maybe. We will next week when (laughs) we pick Supers. Great. All right, there you go. Tease us, come after us, but, call us insane. But again, a reminder, I'm not on the committee. That's right. We, we do our best to rein it in, but some people just couldn't be reined in. No. No. And when we get back, we'll do all of the things you love in heading home. We've got FGCL Player of the Week, Tom's Hungry Fayetteville, and of course, Tom, off the wall. <sighs> Why? That's like, next. Like, I couldn't even look at the comments. I don't know how you do that. Very carefully. We'll head home when we return here on the Out of the Box Podcast. Welcome back to the Out of the Box Podcast. This is the Bracket Reaction Show. Gray Robertson, Tom Canterbury. Tom, it's time to head home. Which we are doing for the next two weeks. Yes, very well, excited about wh- that. Whether Alabama makes it to Supers or not, we'll be home. Right, but hopefully right. I like working. Yes. Yes. We've got so much. FGCL Player of the Week, off the wall, Tom's hungry. We will start with our final FGCL Player of the Week of the year from Conference Tournament Week, Tom. High emphasis on what did you do specifically in these games, as you'll hear. First up, Chloe Evans, UCF, two for ten. Two RBIs, a homer, a strikeout, and two runs scored. Had the two-run homer and a 2-0 win over South Florida. Tom, that would mean a 
She drove in all the runs. Everything that happened. Yes. That's what she did. Well done. Speaking of UCF, Sarah Willis. 17 innings pitched, nine hits, two runs, zero earned in the conference tournament, seven walks, 11 Ks, also at the plate, two for seven with an RBI and a strikeout. Jordan Johnson, Central Arkansas, will see her this weekend. Mm -hmm. 14 and two-thirds innings, 10 hits, four runs, three earned, six walks, and 10 strikeouts. KK Madry from Liberty. Three for nine, three RBIs, a homer, a strikeout, and a run scored against Jacksonville State. Had the game-winning three-run homer in the fourth, in a 4-2 win. Vanessa Quiroga from Texas, two for eight, three RBI, a homer, a double, a walk, two Ks and a run scored, and that comeback against Texas Tech had the game-tying solo home run in the seventh to force extra innings. Texas would go on to win that seven to six. Cora Bassett, Indiana, two for 10, three RBIs, two doubles and a run scored against Penn State. We were watching this as it happened. Oh, yeah, yeah. Had the game-tying two RBI double in the eighth to force the ninth where Indiana would walk it off. And finally, Brooke Blankenship, South Carolina, two for 11 with an RBI and three Ks. But that RBI, Tom, was the only RBI of their game against Georgia, the game-winning, run-driven in, in the one nothing win in extras for the Gamecocks. Tough call this week, as they've been most weeks, because everyone's done so dang good. Uh, Stop being so good, people. I believe I am going to go with, if you go 17 innings in a conference tournament and don't allow an earned run, you should probably get on the finalists. I'll go Sarah Willis from UCF. And uh, considering time, place, everything else that happened, uh, overall numbers not the best, but a huge RBI for Brooke Blankenship from South Carolina against Georgia. So I'm going to go Sarah Willis, Brooke Blankenship as your finalists. I think if South Carolina had won the SEC tournament, I would pick Brooke Blankenship because they wouldn't have gotten to that point without that RBI against Georgia. Right. But zero earned runs allowed in a conference tournament is truly stupid in a great way. Sarah is pitching as well as she ever has in her entire career. And I think it is fitting that she is our only two-time winner of FGCL Player of the Week. Sarah Willis, you are the final FGCL Player of the Week for the year of our Lord 2023. Yeah, well done. All right. Great job, Sarah. Okay, let's get to the stupid stuff. (laughs) Play the drop. It's time for Off the Wall. Stop complaining when we win. You know, differentiating between facts and opinions, people. I've seen enough to know that I've seen too much. The conspiracy heard round the Facebook. Get your tinfoil hats out. Let people enjoy things. First off, red pen, please. Please. I can't believe we're talking about it. It's so asinine. It's like I I, I had a thesaurus out looking up ways to describe dumbassery. Don't send novels to the coaching staff. Farcical. Absolutely ridiculous. Oh dear, what could people be saying? Tom, it's time for Off the Wall. Lead us off. I mean, I would like, I literally couldn't, couldn't look. Uh, it was very difficult for me to, because I was so worried that there would be things said that not just a normal uh, stupidity and normal dumbassery. It was going to, you know, get personal. It was going to get rough. I'll, I'll open the floor to, to what you saw and comment on those. Okay. Uh, I think the biggest thing here is something that we do on the TV side every year. We didn't do it this year for whatever reason, but every year we have a big zoom with everybody who's doing games on the plus for any sport. And we talk about 
you know, what the process will be and just say hello and a little, little welcome back thing. Sure. It's, it's great. Uh, and then we go over some of the new, I guess, standards that ESPN has and things that they want to make sure are covered and vocal points of broadcast, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the first thing mentioned every year is don't speculate on injuries. Ooh. Don't speculate on injuries. And we don't do that on the TV side. We don't do that on the radio side. What you do is you you say what part of the body is being worked on. You describe what happened, but you don't speculate on injuries. Mm-hmm. And way too much in the comments, I saw people being very specific about what was wrong with Montana Fouts to the point where like describing a bone that they were sure had broken <laughs> in a part of the leg. Yeah. And I just want to say, if you don't know, then don't speculate. If your comment is, that sure looks like a blah, 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 hope I'm wrong. Well, then why, if you hope just, you're wrong right, yeah. and you think there's a chance you're wrong, then why even put the thought out there? The people who know exactly what it is are in the Fouts family. Now, that could be 90 people, but still in the Fouts family. Uh, they're on the coaching staff. They're on the training staff. And they are now working in Birmingham as of today. And that's all that that's all that needs to be in, right. in the in the loop. Yeah, it's not it's not our job or your job to get to the bottom of things. Uh, when Montana is ready to announce it, when Alabama is ready to announce it, then it will be announced. Um, but what the specific thing is, uh, especially as it's happening, um, there are often times where you don't know what it is uh, until people get a good look at it. If you're speculating about injuries, then you are breaking many of the rules that people who cover sports follow. And I would encourage you not to do that because all it does is make people who read Facebook and Twitter as truth freak the heck out. Right. So don't speculate on injuries. And and I would say as well, don't read Facebook comments as the truth to begin with. Well, Uh, but yeah, that's probably different, a different thing, but the want and desire and frankly the entitlement of people thinking that they are that they deserve to be told exactly what the issue is as soon as anyone knows anything i'm not sure where that comes from and there's no reason for alabama to put anything out right now about montana fouts you know central arkansas doesn't need to know what the situation is <laughs> you know there and the thought that that they have to say what the issue is is just I, I i don't understand it like i said it's an entitlement that um it doesn't exist in other ish in other forms of entertainment i'm not sure why uh it comes into athletics so much uh especially when we're days away from the game happening is this right. you know if, if this was maybe you know thursday night or friday morning maybe at that point you thought well we need to know something but athletes and the doctors themselves don't know anything. Still trying to figure it right. out. Yeah. yeah. You got to give, you got to an attack plan. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's just kind of a, the microwave society that we're in that people want all the answers right now, as soon as it happens. Right. You'll get your answers. Yes. You'll know. It'll eventually. happen. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, a lot of people, I think, and this is kind of outside fan bases, upset that Alabama is excited to be a five seed. And I just, like, do you want Alabama to decline? Right. Be like, hey. actually, no, thank you. Grace said we're a 10. Right. So, LSU, if you would like to switch, let us gather and make the call. No, right. Alabama's get Like, what do you, how do you expect Alabama to react? Mm. Everybody was surprised, but you're going to be excited about it because you got a good seed. Right. Like, we all go back to 
the origin of Farcical, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 2019, we weren't mad at Florida. We were mad at the committee. Right. Like, if you're going to be mad at somebody, be mad at the committee. Don't be mad at Alabama. Right. The metrics worked out for Alabama. Mm-hmm. That's just all there is to it. And like you said, what do you want? Alabama say, no, thank you. Pass. No, no. Yeah, we're, we're good. Yeah, we, we think we should probably flip that. We'll be the 12 and Northwestern going to be the five. No, we're, Alabama will take what, what the committee gives them. Uh, this is one of the first times, despite what apparently seems to be a thought that Alabama always benefits in these situations, really the first time Alabama's benefited in this situation, maybe that I can ever remember. I mean, the only other one was 2017, I thought, because you can make the argument that Minnesota should have been a seed, Alabama was a 16, therefore Alabama would get bumped out. That being said... We also thought going in, Alabama was going to be a 13 or 14. So for right. them to be a 16, it was it was all a yeah. lot. And, and yeah, congratulations to Alabama. They get to now host the number one team in the nation. And then if they win that, go to the number the other number one team in the nation for Super right. So it wasn't like it was an easy path for Alabama. Right. I, I was joking, but I'm also serious. I'm not on the committee. Why are people coming after me when I post congratulations to Alabama for being a number five seed? Your, your anger is being misplaced. Right. Uh, also, props to a lot of people in the comments after the Tennessee game who really appreciated the fight that they saw. Uh, I think, you know, it was good to see people with perspective. A lot of people went into that game saying Tennessee is about to steamroll this team. This is a team that's been through an emotional 24 hours, oh, yeah. who's without their ace, and they were pleased with what they saw. So, yeah, all in all, a lot of props to everybody on Facebook who went about that game with a pretty rational headspace. Rational headspace? I know. I know. That's, wow. Listen to me. How about that? Giving props. Who would have thought? Look at us. Anything else Um, you want to touch on? In that same vein, though, I did see some comments before the game of, well, I don't expect Alabama to do very well here. Again, Alabama fans, why would you feel the need to post that? You know, if if you don't think Alabama is going to do well, maybe, again, you don't have to, you can have an unexpressed thought. And, mm-hmm. and just kind of go along with that. And then the final off the wall to the uh, to the drunk Arkansas guy. Oh, yeah. Just be glad. POS. Uh, yes, be glad Gray and I were on the air and, and weren't able be to. Be glad I like yeah. my job. Yeah. Uh, I was as angry as I've been in a really long time. Uh, this guy who started talking, talking crap and other strong words uh, while Montana was trying to figure out why something super terrifying to her. It just happened. Yeah. Not the time to start an Arkansas Razorback. Nope. Booing, Uh, um, yelling things like it'll be okay, sweetie. Yeah. If I wasn't strapped in, if, if, if like I could easily move because I really couldn't on that stage and one flinch and the equipment was going to be in the roads in front of us. (laughs) Yeah. It would not have gone well. Uh, I words would have been exchanged at the minimum. Right. Um, and but props to the ninety eight percent of other Arkansas fans that told the guy to shut up. Right. For the most part, had a you know great interactions, a lot of you know no problems at all with the people in Fayetteville. They did a great job hosting the tournament. Yeah, yeah. Arkansas did a phenomenal job. But, but that, but that guy we're sucks. gonna we're that gonna guy de- sucks. we're gonna defend our people. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I had some texts about that the next year. Like, what happened? And I explained. They said like, and you didn't go punch but, him in the face. I was yeah. Like, well, you know. Yeah. I got an NCAA tournament. I don't want to get fired as <laughs> right. of yet. Not yet. God. Seven years together, and that's what does it. <laughs> that's the, that's Can the you one. imagine? Ugh. Oh, man. 
I, I think I think that's good. Okay, uh, I'm I'm saving the receipts for the season finale. Okay. We'll uh, dive into some of the people who said it was going to be a bad year. Fun number, fact: number five overall seed. Yeah. Uh, better seeded than last year. Yep. Better seeded than 2019. Yes. Pretty good year. Yeah, it was fine. And, and can get <laughs> better. Well. Yeah, can get better. Things have gone well. Um, has it been a weird year? Yes. Sure. Yes. And we would be the first to admit that. Have, have there been some ups and downs? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> would I trade at all the spot that this team is in emotionally right now for any past years? I don't think so. I think that this is a team that believes in themselves as much as any Alabama team we've ever covered. Yeah. And maybe loves themselves and each other more than any Alabama team I've ever covered. There's there, There'd be a lot of teams, not just at Alabama, there'd be a lot of teams that you have a pitcher, a player, the caliber of Montana Fouts, and there being a question mark about her entering the postseason. There'd be a lot of teams where that would just be it. The tents would be folded. It's like the opposite is happening. You know, if, if anybody was around any of the players, either after the Arkansas game, even after the Tennessee game, at the watch party, anything like that, no, this team is as cohesive as any team I've ever seen. If Alabama does not make it to Oklahoma City, it will not be because the there was not the fight. Yeah. They are going to give it their absolute all. Absolutely. Perfect segue mm. into when we gave it our absolute all whilst eating. We did. Specifically at the final meal, but more on that later. <laughs> it's time for Tom's Hungry Fayetteville. The, the only possible negative that we can have out of Fayetteville is because of the way the schedule all went. Uh, you mean being at the field for 12 hours a day? Right. Slight mm-hmm. negative? Yeah, slight negative in addition to it being a graduation commencement weekend in Fayetteville. So a lot of the things in our normal spots that we would go to in downtown, that type of stuff, really covered up and were not an option. We were also staying 25 minutes away. Right. So we had to kind of broaden our horizons, but we hit some really good spots. We did indeed. Yes. Uh, starting things off, uh, we had we actually made it to the Italian meal before food before competition. We did second time this year. We were there for it uh, at the Tavala Trattoria. 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 Yes, uh, a complete guess, but I think it's right. That sounds correct. Quite good. The cheese ravioli, I think, was the, the highlight. A surprise because yes. Patrick Murphy was like, "Eat this," and we just did it. Was like, <laughs> it was really good. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> That was good. The lasagna was was good. Some sort of spicy sausage, mm-hmm. which is not a normal with Italian. some gnocchi. Yeah, yeah. So not what I normally have, but it was quite good as well. Yeah. So I, I was very pleased with that with that Italian meal. I would say it was probably top three lasagnas I've ever had. For me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a big lasagna guy, but they ramped up the meat and ramped down the extra stuff. Okay. And I really appreciated that. Okay. So really, really solid meal quality stuff there and so then we leave and we just start following people right to an ice cream truck we saw people with ice cream and say hey where'd you get that ice cream (laughs) they said right over there we're like all right we're gonna go make these people very unhappy be with bringing 30 people over (laughs) but they actually they handled it pretty well yeah the spark cafe a little uh food truck with ice cream and i got the uh i got the strawberry ice cream it's hard it's hard to mess up strawberry ice cream and they did not one would think yes i've got cookies and cream and I immediately regretted it. It was great. It was great. Don't get me wrong. But I found out they had red velvet and they had something called spark flavor and they had this brownie chocolate. And I was like, you know what? I could have done a little bit more, mm. but I will always deem cookies and cream good. Oh, and it was good. Yeah. Yeah. 
And also, it was right across the street from the still under construction Walmart Museum. Yeah, I know. How about that? I wanted to go in there. Yeah. See what was happening. How many aprons have made it to the museum? <laughs> Is there going to be an exhibit for the people of Walmart? Maybe. I would like to see that. I, or maybe I don't want to see that. Look, all I'm saying is that we need something similar in Tuscaloosa. What would that be? Like the Publix Museum the Publix or Museum. something? Possibly the, the Target Museum. The Target Museum. On move-in weekends? Like, don't even go to Target. Mm. Oh, uh, I remember. Whew. I was once a college student oh, here man. as well, Tom. Or even worse, once helped my sister move no. into, a uh, mm. into a dorm here at Alabama. Learned a lot about myself at Bed Bath and Beyond and Target that weekend. Very nervited about the whole situation. Oh man, so much patience needed and required <laughs> and used. Yes, but there sometimes it boils over. Anyway, next up. Uh, next up, we had a uh, a sandwich shop that uh, I think it's a chain, but it's not one that we have around here. Uh, Capriati's, mm -hmm. uh, and we both ended up getting. This is a pre order. We didn't even know what we were getting. We ended up getting the same thing: the uh, cold turkey which was a turkey, cheese, and coleslaw, which I, I was I was pretty pleased with. And it. don't forget the Thousand Island dressing oh, of in course, there as yes. well. Mm -hmm. uh, the sauce makes the meal, it I've does. always said. Correct. And just a perfect combination for me. Good stuff. Yeah. There was a pre-ordered meal that we didn't get, Pickleman's. Pickleman's, which, uh, is, which is, is a bummer because I heard a lot of great things about Pickleman's. That would have been our championship lunch, I believe. Mm -hmm. But alas. Pickleman's is... Uh, a lot of places in the Midwest. I think there's one in Oklahoma City. So if we mm. go there, I'm sure Pickleman's okay. will be in in the offing. Give it a shot. Yeah, we did finally make it to downtown. We we were able to get in there at one point, and after a little bit of a wait, not too bad. Uh, got to Ham and Trees. Indeed. Yeah, which is it is an absolute must if you go to Fayetteville. Ham and Trees, uh, grilled cheese, all different ways. I got the uh, scarlet cheddar. That was the first time I've gotten the tomato soup to go along with the with the grilled cheese which I think really gave it a, a huge um, step up for me. The, the, the tomato soup was outstanding. I got the Jack to the Future, a lot of cheeses, a little bruschetta. I too got the, uh, the soup, the tomato basil, and I was all medicated up, but still ate my whole half a sandwich. Wow. And really regretted, I think, not getting a full and saving it for later. Oh, um, but overall, really, really good. And ham and trees will always have a special place in my heart. Spoiler alert for later, Hammond Tree is right next to Doomsday, which we did not get a chance to go to, partially because our schedules were insane. You will notice there's one more restaurant we're about to read, and that's it. Yeah. Because we were at the field for 12 hours, thanks to rain and various different start times. and Even, even for something as great as Doomsday, it's hard to get up for breakfast when you don't get to bed until like 2.30 or 2.00. Right. Yeah. So there, there was just, there was no way to do it, but we will hopefully be back in Fayetteville soon, and we will hit up our dear friends at Doomsday. Yes. I'm, uh, we saw it, because it's next to Hammond. Right there. It's right there. We just, it wasn't in, in the cards. Uh, but one place that was, luckily, right next to our rental car, car spot, which was Wright's Barbecue. Literally could not have been more in the right place. Yes, really perfect spot for Wright's. And it was the barbecue spot we went to last time and we were really happy with it. Uh, this time I got something called the Rocket Man, which was mashed potatoes covered with mac and cheese and brisket and then the sauce on it. And also got some uh, burnt bacon ends, mm. uh, which I hadn't had before. They were quite good all my favorite things it's fun because the mac and cheese is not you have to add it for an extra dollar they're like do you want mac and cheese to which i said have you met me before 
Um, and they and said no. No, you know, correct. It's like yes, I would like the mac and cheese. <laughs> um, and just let me tell you about a little segment. <laughs> right. Let me tell you a little podcast. Uh, so yeah, it was a, it was outstanding. It was a great way to cap off uh, the week in Fayetteville. Total luck that we got to go yeah. to Wrights. I got the pulled pork sandwich with the mac and cheese side with the bean side. I got some barbecue nachos as well. It was an epic amount of nachos. It was, yeah, it was great. Uh, partially I did it because last time we went to Wright's, I was medicated. So I was not eating a ton of food. I had to parcel um, this. I went hard in the paint. <laughs> it was great and it, very enjoyable. Very, very solid barbecue. Haven't had a lot of barbecue this year for whatever reason. And it was, I think, a good capper for the Tom's Hungry regular season and postseason until OKC. That's because true. with Alabama hosting Supers, should we get there, that does mean no Supers road trip, which means no Supers Tom's Hungry. So right. we've only got one more city that qualifies for this segment, and that's Oklahoma City. And I already know where we're going to go at least once. Right, yes. So we, we know that there is another challenger right, waiting in the wings to get on the podium should we make it to OKC. Yeah. But otherwise, Fayetteville, once again, mm. chef's kiss. Yes, quite good. The battle for the podium is going to be a tough, tough decision one way or the other. And I think Fayetteville has a couple of possibilities. Mm, I like that. Yeah. No spoilers for me or from you. No. That's why you listen to the pod. Indeed. Person at home. This is come for the softball, stay for Tom's Hungry. Speaking of listening. Ah. The people can do that this weekend. Regionals is back. The greatest scoreboard update in the world coming up friday and tom we will be fired up and ready to go ready for the party at Rhodes. how can the people tune in to us in a multitude of ways so many different ways and no change for postseason we are still on everywhere that we have been throughout the entire regular season 97.5 fm over the air radio if you're in tuscaloosa online nick975.com as well as the me tv 975 app and that varsity app is there and the great thing about the varsity app is you can go back and listen late, or later on if you miss something or you just want to hear those great calls once again yes or you want to go back and you know double check and make sure that you covered something the right way which i did this weekend oh there you go. just want to make sure that we handled things right <laughs> or if you want to go back and hear wait did tom and gray really do multiple christmas vacations it's like a good quotes? 30 seconds right in the middle of a hotly contested semifinal SEC tournament, five game. to four at the time. <laughs> yeah, we yes, we did indeed. That, yes, that's a thing that happened. You're not getting that from Beth Mowens. <laughs> no, but I will mention every friend I have, every single one. In fact, earlier today I was talking to our friend Kevin Brown, who is friends with both of us actually. Right, yes. uh, and I was telling him, Kevin, you're my friend, and then. You know, I mentioned him on the podcast and probably will on the air. Right. You know, this weekend we've got our friends, Alicia Casio and Roy Philpot, who I've never met. I've never met They're our friends. Sure. Yeah. Friends with everyone. Yeah. And we will tell you about it, damn it. You will know who to our know friends us are. Is to love us. That's right. Can't wait for Roy Philpot to be the best man at my wedding. That's because <laughs> he's my friend, Tom. Sure. sure. I'm just name dropping. He'll be standing right there next to Greg McElroy and so we do. Tom Luganbill and I once 
sat next to Nick Saban for an extended period. Of yeah, time. I rode in the back seat with Nick Saban that one time <laughs> when he was at LSU. It's great. Wow. I was I was a young lad, terrified to ask him to sign a little mini LSU helmet I had because I was collecting the mini helmets. You sure. Know? Yeah. I was like. Did, did he? He did. He oh, did. It's somewhere. Yeah, I don't yeah. know in a box. I've moved like five times since then, but it's somewhere in the vicinity. Speaking of that, when we were not Nick Saban, but when we were in, in at the at the hotel in the lobby hanging out before one of the games, uh, there were some of the some of the girls were there watching. I think we were watching the replay of the Alabama Arkansas game from the day mm. before. Uh, father and a probably a little eight year old girl walk in, uh, and they and she comes up and asks for a picture. And maybe the cutest thing I've ever seen. Totes adorbs. Just all so adorable. I especially love the, do you play softball? No. <laughs> no, but I like it. Just okay. a fan. Yeah. Just a fan. Same. Same yeah, little girl. I get it. I yeah. too have not played and do not play. <laughs> not even in the Alabama unofficial staff softball league. Right. Because we are doing our own summer softball thing. You, usually we're, we're busy. Oh, man. That's a great reminder about our dear friend, Greg Byrne. Just all of our other friends. Sure. I, I'm sorry, I've taken it too far, but at the same time, you know what? Good friend Alex Taraco. <laughs> Got a text actually from our good friend Alex Taraco last <laughs> there night. There you go. Uh, yeah, we're going to call everyone our friends, and if we talk to somebody, we will probably mention talking to them. Sure. Yes. All right. And we'll do that on our Twitter account. Yeah. At T Canterbury RTR. Look at you at Gray G R A Y underscore Robertson or on the pod at Out of the Box underscore Pod on Twitter. Tom, it's postseason. Let's I go. Know. Very excited. It's time. Best time of the year. It is win at all costs, win or go home, yada, yada, yada. One last little off-the-wall reminder. Doesn't matter how Alabama wins. If they win, be happy about it. Yeah. I don't want to see a 4-2 to win over Central Arkansas with five hits lead to, this is why they... It doesn't matter. It's the postseason. No. If you win, be thrilled. If you don't win, then you can talk about it. Yeah. Never, never... Com- First of all, you shouldn't complain when we win, period but never complain about a win in the postseason. Absolutely. Ridiculous. What an episode. Let's do it. I think we reacted properly to the bracket, and now it's time to play some NCAA tournament softball. We have predicted the World Series, which none of us like. Mm. We don't like our predictions at all. Shockers! Let's go! Oh, man. Next week, we'll have our second chance on picks. But until then... Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Make sure you listen to Crimson Tide Sports Network this weekend. For my partner, Tom Canterbury, I'm Gray Robertson. Fill out those brackets. Enjoy the NCAA tournament. We'll see you next time on the Out of the Box Podcast.